What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another glorious episode of the Ringside Rundown podcast brought to you by TWM.news and the WrestlingChronicle.com. My name is Eric Vasquez. I represent the WrestlingChronicle.com. And joining me on the line is my podcast partner in crime. Yes, that rhymes. Her name is Shay Hickson. Shay, what's going on, my friend? That was a nice rhyme. I must you like say. it? I feel yeah. very, I feel very Max Caster-ish right. after that one. Oh, <laughs> well, I need to work a little bit to get to that level. But oh uh, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm uh, doing not too bad. We we were talking about before we came on though that today is going to be a very spirited discussion because my goodness, do we have a lot to talk about today? Oh, yeah, we definitely do. Um, Just a disclaimer to any of our uh, loyal listeners or new listeners. Usually we do a breakdown of everything that happens during the wrestling week. But this week was just so chaotic that Mm -hmm. it's just going to be more of a discussion about things that going on because it's just it's a whole big mess in the wrestling world. And really, it's only one side of the wrestling world. That's a big mess. The other side is doing fantastic. You know, but yeah, right. It's just, I don't know. This main thing I took away from all of this that's going on and not to make it about us because it's definitely not about us, but in terms of what we do as podcasters, this puts us in a very tough predicament because we we sympathize with everything that's going on in the WWE right now with the people getting released and everything. And it just puts a bad taste in our mouth, but, but yet we have, we have, you and I have a job to do here. Yeah. We were literally talking about this when all of this stuff was happening because it almost gets to the point now where at least for me personally, I will DVR the shows Mm -hmm. and then just skim through them to find the important stuff because sometimes it is just a chore and we've talked about it on here too it is just a chore sometimes to cover wwe and yeah with everything going on it's so disheartening and i feel horrible for all the people Mm -hmm. that got released because obviously wwe released 18 people what a few days ago yeah and right around the holidays too that's the big thing too for me is the holidays like come on it but I'm taking we, a deep breath because we're going <laughs> to, mm. we got, like I said, we have to talk about it. There's a lot of names on the list that aren't surprising that got, uh, uh, release, but there are some very surprising names. And again, like you said, it's close to the holidays, which it's just as people, you know, as people, as a person that sympathizes with other people, as something, someone who's empathetic, like you and I are, Yeah, it, it's just, it's just, why even why even do this as a fan why even get invested in people that are just gonna may not be there within six months to a year yeah it is so hard to it it's it's almost a double-edged like sword because you want to invest in the characters you enjoy because we still have people in wwe that we enjoy watching obviously Mm -hmm. but there's always sadly that thought in the back of your mind that oh god what if they're in the next round of releases and right. it made me like I was sitting there because when all of this was going down, I was um looking at Sean Ross Sapp's Twitter because he was the one that was breaking all the releases. And the more names I was seeing, the nervous, more nervous I was getting because I was prepared to see like Shayna Baszler. I was prepared to see Dakota Kai because just the level of people you had on this list mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. broke my heart and pissed me off at the exact same time. 
Right, right. I mean, there are a couple that are not so surprising. You look at, uh, let's say, Jeet Rama, who really only had the one match on yeah. NXT 2.0 this week mm-hmm. and then was was let go. Uh, Katrina Cortez was someone that was used sporadically throughout their time in WWE, but she was let go as oh, well. Do you hear what happened with her? No, I didn't. Oh, my God. I think, if I remember correctly, her t- on her Twitter, she said something about how she just got released and then she got an email saying her visa is getting is expiring next month so she has to like sell everything Oof. like that is a kick in the ass and oh not, my like, god like, could that get that couldn't get any worse and you no. think it wouldn't get any worse but well, there's more stories we heard that it it gets just as bad if not worse and but, that's that's the thing too that the that lane storm uh brought up on on his uh wrestling observer podcast with brian alvarez it's like people uproot their whole lives and some yeah. of them come from different countries and, yeah. and and further away and when you when you go to wwe it's not like you could just stay in your home base and just travel around no you literally have to uproot your whole life find a place to live close to headquarters and then go through the process of working with the wwe but for some of these people like let's say uh you know frankie monet frankie monet got released and frankie monet was what in the company for what six months yeah, honestly, it seems like some of them, well, Harry Smith, too, it seems like he just got re-signed a few weeks ago and now yeah. gone. But like you said, some of these are not surprising. Another few that I guess didn't surprise me really were uh, Lente Dorado and Grand Metalik, because I think they, I think I had heard they wanted release anyway. Well, so. I, I heard Grand Metalik wanted his release yeah. and Lente Dorado was cool. He yeah. was cool with his spot, and, but of course... Yeah. Yeah, that's not yeah. how it works, you know. And um, Trey Baxter, I guess it it sucked because I Trey Baxter was pretty cool, I thought, but it also didn't surprise me because he didn't fit the quote unquote NXT two mold. He was too small, not powerful enough, which I still think's a load of shit. But whatever. But then you get into the real names. All right, let's get into and the real names. I uh, oh, I <laughs> think the first one I saw was Scarlet. Scarlet mm. Bordeaux and immediately I thought to myself oh god I I thought to myself I really hope Carrion doesn't go too right and lo and boom. behold he's gone we don't Ember Moon got released mm-hmm. B-Fab from Hit Row um just looking at Keith Lee Mia Yim those two especially Besides Carrion and Scarlet, we'll get into those rants in a minute, but Keith and Mia pissed me the fuck off because I love both of them. Right. And, and not only that, Keith, with Keith, um, the reason he stepped away for a little bit, he had a heart condition. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> uh, like, we'll get into more of it once we go through the rest of the list. Um, Nia Jax, that one surprised me. That especially. one really surprised me. That it's, was like, that was like as surprising of when Braun Strowman got released. It was like, what? Yes. What the hell is going on here? Like, yeah. Um, other names, Eve Marie, which I honest to God, don't really think I, <sighs> I'm not in the boat where there were some people actually celebrating that because that's just rude. Like, don't yeah. be that jerk. But I didn't really care because I was never, never been an Eve Marie fan. Never will. 
Right. Um, um Frankie Jesse, Monet. Frankie Monet really surprised me because again, yeah. she before coming into the WWE, she was considered one of the top women's wrestlers in the country because of her work yeah. uh, on Impact. She really helped revitalize the whole Impact women's wrestling roster along mm-hmm. with people like Jordan Grace and everything. She really helped build that up and then she gets her moment and then in 6 months she's gone. She's gone. Another one that really surprised surprised me was B-Fab of Hit Row because she, according to reports, just signed a brand new contract like yeah. a week ago. Yeah, and you also had Oni Lorgan and Jesse Kamea, which I guess Jesse Kamea didn't really surprise me a whole lot, but Oni Lorgan kind of did because I thought they were still, well, then again, I don't really know what they're doing with Pete Dunne anymore because Rich Holland isn't there anymore. But yeah, like... I get that she wasn't the best in the ring, obviously, because we literally only saw her wrestle twice. Right. But she was a big part of hit row a big part she would have fit she was in the song she she would have fit perfectly as just a valet yeah I, I don't see why they couldn't use her as just a valet she was perfect for that role yeah. and like you said she was she you know the, she it almost how do i say it hit row is is a hot commodity right now oh yeah a- and it was almost becoming like her her intro into their entrance theme was like yep. a big thing. And that's yeah. no longer there because they just wiped her out of existence. She's yeah. just, it's just, it, it's, it's very confusing. And, and the honestly. only, and, and here's the thing. They gave us a cop-out reason and we yes, know it always it, is, <laughs> but we know for sure it's a cop-out reason. They say we released these people because of budget cuts okay that's fine mm-hmm. but you also have to realize that their financial records are public uh you know yeah. they just released percentage. them the day that day and then so you're saying this financial quarter you make over 256 million dollars and you need to make budget cuts yeah you had you made 34.2 million dollars more than you did the last quarter in a pandemic and you still are saying budget cuts budget cuts that budget cuts that all right let's just get it right out of the way right now budget cuts is an absolute bullshit reason it is it is a bullshit reason it's but in a pandemic you're making that amount of money i don't know any company that is making that amount of money and it's it's evident because everything is is rising in prices yeah inflation's a big thing that's happening in america right now yeah, honestly, and just looking at this list, obviously we talked about B-Fab already because obviously she was a big part of Hit Row. It just made no sense, especially after you said she signed a new damn deal and you get rid of her. <laughs> Frankie Monet, like you said, re- helped revitalize the Impact Women's Division. For me personally, I I felt bad, especially for Ember Moon, because I feel like ever since she came back from that Achilles injury, she never really was the same. Mm-hmm. It just never, like, she was, when she was having her feuds with Asuka and Shayna Baszler in NXT, that was, those are some fantastic feuds. Those are some of, easily some of the best feuds in NXT, the women, NXT Women's Division history. For I'll sure. go ahead and say it. And then she went to the main roster, and as we always see, nine times out of ten, it wasn't working very well. I thought like she was reaching that point and then she gets hurt. She goes mm-hmm. back to NXT. We're like, okay, well, I'm glad she's back because she's a really unique talent. And it just never really, it just never really got to the point that it should have or could have, which sucked. 
Um, me again. Me again. That was. Was hmm. she was she injured at all? No, like, I why? don't think. I honestly, God, don't think she was because the last time we saw her was who at last year's what pay per view was it? It was when Retribution basically broke up. But it's been long enough that it's been too long. Mia Yim should not have been off of TV that long. It was absolutely unacceptable because she is an absolute fantastic wrestler. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. one of the best women's wrestlers they have. I'll say it. I don't care. And you don't find anything to do with her. And then Keith... Okay. So, the besides Mia, the three that pissed me off more than that were Keith, Carrion, and Scarlett. Mm-hmm. Mainly because Carrion and Scarlett is a package deal. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the year, he was NXT champion. He was... Those two were, without a doubt, the hottest act in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Had one of the best entrances in wrestling. Then you take him to the main roster. You have him lose his first fucking main roster match (laughs) to Jeff Hardy, which I love Jeff Hardy. Listeners know he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Mm -hmm. You have him lose. And then you bring him up and no Scarlet. So you take away half of the mystique of Karrion Cross, And then you turn him into this gladiator whatever, which... They were so lazy with that. Absolutely lazy. Because if you wanted him to have like a gladiator helmet, they could have done such a better job than what he had. Oh, that was for trash. Sure. It was trash. So you had in your hands one of the best things going in wrestling. And all of a sudden you just had no reason, like nothing to do for any of them. Then you have Keith Lee, who again was NXT champion before carrying cross, one of the hottest acts in He was a double champion. Wrestling. Yeah, and he he stole the show at Survivor Series last year. That's what everybody kept talking about when his name came up is like you had this golden moment. Yeah. Uh, I kept I kept thinking about the build up to that Survivor Series how he was the star of that whole thing when yes. NXT was invading SmackDown and the picture of Keith Lee doing a tope over the top rope yes. into that big sea of people that right there should have made him a star. Exactly. And he was one of the most uniquely gifted big men ever. Mm. Oh, oh my god, his matches with Dominic Dijakovic, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Easily some of the best matches I've seen in quite a while. Because you just don't see big men doing these flips and doing these acrobatic moves because they're not supposed to. They're just that gifted. And you literally, because I we literally just talked about this last week, you watered him down to every other big man you have on the roster and then wondered why it couldn't work. Because you continually handicap these guys. And it just blows my mind that it makes you really wonder how incompetent the creative team is up on SmackDown and Raw. When you have guys like Karrion Cross and Keith Lee and women like Mia Yim, Scarlett, Frankie Monet, and you can't do anything with any of them? It's, it's, it's always been to me, creatively, this is what happens when you hire people that you don't want to have any sort of wrestling knowledge yeah like you need to have some sort of wrestling knowledge to know some sort of wrestling knowledge and the thing okay the thing that really annoyed me though was Nia Jax's Instagram post I don't know if I mean you and I've seen it any of the listeners hadn't seen it I'm not going to read it word for word because obviously you don't want to whatever I'll play basically 
the gist of it was, was that she took that break after she got quote unquote attacked by Shayna Baszler. She was taking a mental health break. Mm-hmm. Good. If you need it, take it. Because like CM Punk said in his promo for Dynamite, don't run yourself to the wheels fall off and be generous and do all of this thing all of these things for other people when you're not taking care of yourself because you have to take care of yourself first yeah you got to take care of yourself so she gets the schedule to come back november 15th i think was the show she was supposed to come back Mm -hmm. she asked wwe who fully supported her mental health break originally Mm -hmm. keep that in mind she asked can i extend this a little bit i feel like i need more time she doesn't hear anything back for them. Next thing she knows, she's released. You release somebody who is in the middle of trying to better themselves mentally. That is an absolute trash move. Yeah. I yeah. hate that. And that shows me, and anybody can argue with this. It's going to be kind of hard to argue with it. This showed me that as long as WWE is making money, they do not give a shit about their talent. And they only like to parade around the, oh, we do so much for our talent when it comes to mental health and this and that when it benefits them. For sure. That's why I tweeted out um, it would be smart of AEW to hire an a on-the-road sports psychologist yes. or psychiatrist that can, if you have a, an issue that you need someone to speak to, there's someone there readily available to yeah, help you. It, it... Sometimes it's so laughable how different WWE operates from AEW because we all saw with John Moxley's issues going into rehab for alcohol problems. Tony Khan flat out just said, we're helping him. He needs to take all the time he needs. He needs to help himself first. That's his boss saying that. Right. And then you literally a few days later have WWE turn around and pull this. It's almost yeah. like, is it a joke? Is this a joke? It doesn't... Now, to me, anytime they call Tony Khan a money mark owner, it's going to offend me. Yeah, because he actually cares about his talent. Genuinely Mm -hmm. cares about his talent. And it just pissed me off because mental health still isn't taken seriously, and it should. No, it's not. And it's It's only taken seriously until something bad happens. And I hate that. Yeah, that's a that, that's an excellent point that you just made. Coming from someone who who is in and out of therapy, as I am, mm-hmm. I'm I'm way open about my mental health issues. I'm severely depressed. Uh, I'm bipolar too, with low hypomania. Um, and to find resources to help me get through this was exasperating because everything is so expensive and yeah. therapy is mm-hmm. expensive yes it, it is. It, yes it, it is it is crazy that therapy is so expensive to the point where i don't know if i could pay for my therapy this month and if i can't pay for my therapy that means i don't get my medication yeah you know and yeah. that's that's you know obviously we're going off the grid here from wrestling but that's that's what encompasses this american life that we live now yeah and it's it blows my mind too because like you i also struggle with mental health and i rely a lot on my support system my friends and family Mm -hmm. and whether that be work family friend family actual family whatever so to put myself in naya's shoes To have the company that I've worked for, that I have given my blood, sweat, and tears to for seven years, 
fully support me and then all of a sudden eh yeah okay whatever goodbye that would absolutely destroy me i cannot even imagine what she's feeling right now and that is just unacceptable and it's 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 interesting that you brought that up about how your work family can be your support system she no longer has that support system because it's not like she could just go to the next town that wwe is in and she's just like oh i'm gonna just hang out backstage you know because i'm a former wwe employee it doesn't work that way i mean luckily they could her friends that she made there they can hang out outside of work but obviously with schedules is going to be a problem but it's just i just hate that it is 2021 and we are still talking about the same problems with when it comes to dealing with mental health that we did years ago Mm-hmm. And it's a shame because these people, these wrestlers are people. I don't know why it is such a foreign concept for some people to actually remember this, that these are actual people. They are mm-hmm. not, they play characters on TV, but they are still people. It's just, I, it, it's just, it's, they're not machines. No. Y- you know, they have feelings. They have things that are going on and, you know, Real quick, just want to give a shout out to John Moxley. I know he's yeah. never gonna he's never gonna hear this episode or anything like that, but he needs as much of the love that he's getting and more from yeah. the wrestling community because to admit that you have a problem mm-hmm. that that you are powerless against because addiction is something that when you realize you're addicted to something that is not good for you, yeah, um, you become powerless against it. To be a man who just had a daughter who's only three months old who's at the top of his game, one of the most popular wrestlers in the entire company to say, I need to step away yeah. and take care of this or else something bad's going to happen. Yeah. That takes a, a big person to do that. So, I mean, obviously you and I send all our love and support to John Moxley, his family and everything like that. But it that just encompasses the the dynamic of, of what the wrestling world is nowadays. It's like yeah. on, on one side, you have this capitalist sort of money-making machine that just doesn't stop and it'll grind you to your dust and bones and And run you uh, over and run you over and discard you like you are nothing. Yeah. And And then you have this one company who who's actively trying to make things better but will always be kind of second fiddle mm-hmm. almost, you know, yeah. the one thing everybody does is when this happens is, okay, they got fired from WWE who can AEW pick up, Yeah, which, which is obviously if they, if they don't pick up at least one name from this list, <sighs> it's a missed opportunity, Yeah, but, but they can only do so much. Yeah. You can't continue. You can't continue to do the same thing that people vilify WWE for last year, where mm-hmm. you're picking up and signing everybody with a pulse. So AEW can't get them. Well, now you don't want AEW to do the same thing because after a while, you're not going to have a spot for all these guys and mm-hmm. these women. So what it's going to be really hard to try and fit these people on here. And eventually people are going to start complaining. Why isn't this person on the card? Or we haven't seen this person in so long. Well, you only have really three hours of TV at a time. Yeah. You got two for dynamite, one for rampage. And it's really tough to try and justify dark and dark elevation because not everybody watches it. I don't, I can't. I, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> we've said before, it's hard to watch that because you already know who's going to win. 
I don't watch it live. I will literally just watch it when it's done premiering and I just skip through everything unless I see somebody I like. That's it. Not only that, but it's like if if we were to add in Dark Elevation and Dark and let's say Impact Wrestling and New Japan, Mm -hmm. we would literally not have any time to do anything else but just consume (sighs) wrestling. Yeah, we need we we all need a break. Yeah. We can't eat, sleep, and breathe wrestling all the time. That's the thing with this with this podcast that puts me like I said in the beginning of the show in a in a tough predicament because mm-hmm. I, I love wrestling. Wrestling has yes. been a part of my life since my earliest memories of life yep, was involved involved wrestling. So I love wrestling and WWE WWF was always a part of my life. But mm-hmm. I'm in a weird predicament as a grown adult yeah. that can see behind the veil of what this company is doing and say, how can I ethically keep supporting this company that is yeah. just not good like yeah i even said it i even said it on twitter wwe vince mcmahon stephanie mcmahon you guys are just not good people honestly it's i saw someone put it this way and it made a lot of sense you support the talent you don't support the promotion i know that's easier said than done but Mm -hmm. like for me obviously love Shayna so anytime Shayna's on I'll watch mm-hmm. but there's other ways I could support Shayna she has a YouTube channel so mm-hmm. always on there watching that interacting with her there it's just like you said it's tough because it that's kind of how mom and I were when Malachi Black and Ruby Soho got released because mm-hmm. the WWE were they were coming to town um for a live event Mm-hmm. And it was one, I think it was the first one back, if I remember correctly, from the pandemic. And it, we waited w- quite a while to finally decide if we wanted tickets or not. Because on the other hand, two of our favorite wrestlers were gone because mm-hmm. everybody knows we love Ruby and Malachi. But then at the same time, there was still, like for my mom, there was still Damien Priest and Drew McIntyre. For me, it was still. Shayna Baszler and Rhea Ripley so it was tough and we just ended up going because the tickets were cheap but it's it's sad that you have to you have that conflict it's sad that WWE has made fans so conflicted now about watching their product because it's just ridiculous that that's that's a perfect way to put it for me I am conflicted because I if 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 we didn't have the ringside rundown I could be like, I don't really care to watch. I even said it on Twitter. I, I could go six months without watching WWE yeah. and it'll, it'll be fine. Yeah. You know? Um, but for the purposes of this podcast, like I want this podcast to be great. I yeah. want this podcast to be looked at as one of, you know, uh, an original podcast where it's just banter talking about wrestling between two wrestling fans, but is, you know, has some insight and some intellect in it. Yeah. So we put a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, it ta- it takes us, we do like a pre-production meeting and that like, sometimes goes half an hour, yeah. 45 minutes yeah. before we even go live because we want to get this right. Yeah. And I think our listeners appreciate the fact that we could have easily came on here and been polite and, oh, well, you know, WWE's done it before. So what are you going to really do? No, they appreciate that we are honest and brutal mm-hmm. about it because you can get that kind of professionalism or something somewhere else. I think people appreciate when you have that passion and that emotion and that honesty because yeah, we were mad. We still are mad. Yeah. I'm 
pretty... And we're not, and we're not going to just hide that for the sake of recording a show. That's why we have the show in the first place. Not only that, but the, it's not like the show is great. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It, Some people think it's great. I mean, uh, hey, if you think it's great, yeah. I'm not. Like we said before, we got on air. We're not going to gatekeep. You know, we're no. not. You know, if you enjoy something that the WWE is doing, that's awesome. Yeah. Let us know what you enjoy, and then we can. The, me, I want to find the enjoyment that other people find. Yeah, because we like we were saying in the we can call it the production meeting now. In the production meeting, there, like we said, there's still stuff. To some varying degrees that we enjoy. Sure, I like, enjoy I just, the new day. Yeah, you know Roman Reigns is still pretty good. I I love the whole tribal chief thing. Basically, yeah. SmackDown's pretty good. Yeah, basically, so. <laughs> basically, and it's like for me, it's obviously, but like what you said, New Day and Roman Reigns, Shayna, Rhea, whenever she's on TV, and mm-hmm. Dakota Kai's back now for NXT 2.0. So it's like I can still find stuff that I can enjoy. Mm-hmm. I just hope that it doesn't start becoming a smaller and smaller list because right. it seems like literally, and it's honestly God true. Nobody is safe. No one. Because no, like we no, said, did know, we yeah. expect Nia Jax of all people to get that, fired? That's probably top of the list right there. Yeah. If she, if she can get fired, that means nobody's safe. Yeah. And hell, even the employees in the company weren't th- realized that this was kind of a bit of a shit show because the CFO, Christina Salen stepped down after all this mess. Because let's think about it. Imagine being in her shoes. Imagine mm-hmm. that afternoon or morning. I don't remember when they announced the quarterly thing or whatever. You had to have her announce that, oh, yeah, we made almost $35 million more than we did last quarter. And then hours later, oh, yeah, we're getting rid of 18 people. That's so absurd. And, you are not, and how does that not look bad? If that was me in there, I don't blame her. I would have left, too, because... What? That's a terrible position to be in. How much money is enough money? Never. It's never enough money. Not not for Vince. He reminds no. me of like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> you know, like he's literally the kind of guy. Because my mom made it perfect example. They could make three hundred and ninety nine million dollars, but he'll say, "Well, we could have made four hundred million." Very true. Very true. And and for me, like I used to work. I used to work at a liquor store. Right. Mm-hmm. I was a liquor store cashier. But my boss owned six different companies, was basically a millionaire. Yeah. Right? He was yeah. a millionaire. He wasn't like Vince McMahon level, but he, he, he had, had money. a he, he had a huge house. And I re- I remember one day it was it was a blizzard outside, you mm-hmm. know? It was coming down hard. We were getting no customers because you couldn't even you couldn't even drive, you couldn't even see. Yeah. So I called him and I say to him, look, if we need to get out of here or else we're going to be stuck. He goes, well, run the store until X amount of time. And I'm like, this this is not going to work. So I hang up. I wait a couple hours later and I say, look, if you don't let us out of here, we're going to end up drinking all your shit because (laughs) we're not going to be able to leave. That's how bad it was storming. (laughs) And then that's what broke him down and said, okay, you guys can go. But it it made... (sighs) me realize that people who make that amount of money really don't give a shit i mean this is a guy who who had us working on thanksgiving day which is like a busy day for the liquor industry oh yeah and and we come to find out oh he had his whole thanksgiving dinner catered for him and his family they're just chilling you know and then so for me when i hear budget cuts yeah i instantly go back to that mode of being a lowly 
liquor store cashier Mm -hmm. and working for someone who literally wants to make more money and more is never enough yeah and it's funny you mentioned that because that literally put me in the mind of that show undercover boss where you see these big corporate ceos and owners and presidents of these companies go back to and hell some of them started out there Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they can't run a cashier or they can't flip a burger. And it makes you shake your head because it it blew my mind more when you see those episodes where, oh, yeah, well, I started here at the bottom where I'm going back to. But now I got here and you completely forgot where you came from. You, you know, it's funny you brought up Undercover Boss, which had an episode where Stephanie McMahon yeah. was the undercover yes. boss, you know, and yeah. like, she, um, I forget, what was his name? He was such an, a big star on the indies before he got to NXT. Oh, it was a Jake Atlas. Jake Atlas. Uh-huh. You know, they made a big deal about him on the episode and he's a talented dude. Yeah. Dude can wrestle his ass off because yep. he was blowing up in PWG before he got signed. Uh-huh. And so you look at that and that's a perfect opportunity to say, hey, look, you know, we found this guy who um, was really vulnerable and came out of the closet to us. And, you know, he became a value employee. But let, lo and behold, he got released, too. I, <laughs> like, will, I will still never forgive them for parading him and Mercedes Martinez around as mm-hmm. ambassadors for the Pride Month and then literally firing them the next month. Yeah. It yeah. Bullshit. But it's it's encompassing. This is all really, if you think about it, is really encompassing of the capitalist nature of America, not to go crazy yeah. on a, on a soapbox here, yeah. but it, it, you look at these companies, like you say, they parade around pride month and, Oh, we're so inclusive. And mm-hmm. it's pride, pride month is over. It's, yeah. it's, it's fucking whispers, which is ridiculous yeah. because I don't know if people realize this pride actually is 365 days a year. It's not just one. For month. sure. For sure. So I hate that bullshit of, okay, well, we're just going to forget that it even existed. It's like, okay, so literally everybody in the community is just going to disappear on July 1st. That's not how that works. But but it, it, it makes sense because this is the conflict of like the capitalist nature of wwe nothing is ever gonna be enough they're always and i I feel like they're always going to be chasing the financials that they made back in 98 in the attitude era Mm -hmm. and and they're not gonna make it no they're They're not not. they're not gonna make it because the world has changed Mm -hmm. you know you have to keep up with the world you have to make things seem so real and that's why when it was announced, I'm getting a little ahead on Dynamite, that that there was going to be a face-to-face between hmm. Eddie Kingston and CM Punk. Yeah. I instantly went back to being a kid that loved wrestling. Mm-hmm. Because these are two heroes of mine. CM Punk is a hero of mine. Eddie Kingston is a hero of mine. Why? Because they are unapologetically themselves. Yeah, absolutely. You know, whether you like them or you don't, they are going to be themselves they 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 just don't give a shit you yeah. know and i can respect someone that says i'm not going to step on your toes mm-hmm. but don't think you can step on mine because then i won't give a shit 
Yeah. I respect people that way. And those are two people who are exactly that way. So when it said you're going to collide those two together, it, I was like a giddy schoolgirl. Yeah. Yep. You know, because I couldn't wait for the segment and the segment delivered. Oh, who it did knew? not disappoint. It, who knew? Right. Who knew you could still do these things in 2021 in a, re- a wrestling company? And I, I, for one, didn't take offense to when Eddie Kingston said, this is a shot. He said, this is the only professional wrestling company in in America right now that's doing it right. Yeah. Which, he's not lying. He's no. not lying. They are doing things differently to break the mold. But yep. again, it's it all comes back to, well, what about us as wrestling content creators? Mm-hmm. What do we do? We feel so conflicted. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people are like, well, you don't really have to cover it. You could just go and use Bleacher Report or Wrestle Talk as, as, a, as a note. And you, you can't really do that if you're trying to deliver the best content possible. Yeah. You know, because people can... People can 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 read that you know like people can sense when you're not putting a hundred percent effort yeah yeah you you and you and i put a hundred percent effort we speak to each other throughout the week and we kind of mold the show before saturday even comes yeah you know and this just took the wind out of ourselves and and made this all right it's time for us to step on our soapbox yeah sort of sort of you know sort of deal which i hate that we have to do yeah, because we've done this literally a few weeks ago for the Queen's Crown Tournament. We literally spent a good portion of that talking about how trash it was and how we knew the TBS Championship Tournament for AEW was going to be better. And it took two matches and it was already better than the entirety <laughs> of Queen's Crown. But that's a soapbox for another day. We'll get to that like the end of TBS Tournament. But anyway, yeah, it's just, it. like I said, it is so tough to cover sometimes. And Make like it- and like we were we say too, we also stream on Twitch. So Mondays and Friday nights, I can't watch Rampage and most of Smack or of Raw. So thank God for DVR. <laughs> but I also go back through like YouTube because uh-huh. obviously WWE posts literally everything on YouTube. Same with AEW, and just go back and see the stuff because you need to know what you're talking about. You can't just half-ass it because people are gonna know. Right, right. And trust me, we don't half-ass it. I'll be honest with you. I used to half-ass my podcast before. This is the first podcast that I've done out of the multitude of podcasts where I'm putting in work just as much as you are. And we're trying to make this the best show possible. And that's that therein lies the problem when stuff like this happens. Because we're not going to sit there and go, okay, well, they just released 18 people. Here are the people we wish them luck on their future yeah, endeavors. Yeah, just move on because it would be inauthentic because it's... it genuinely hurt us. It genuinely pissed us off, especially with some of those names. Like, again, for me, Keith Lee, me, um, Karrion Cross, and Scarlet were the four that just sent me over the edge. It was just ridiculous because you all of that talent you have, and no, and obviously that's not a knock on anybody on any of the others, because they're mm-hmm. all good in their own way. Just those four. You had those four under contract, and you couldn't do anything with them. Not only that, but it's just like... <laughs> it's, I mean, you like you said before with... Uh, What's her name? Uh, the the one that had the uh, the visa issues that has to. Oh, uh, Katrina Cortez. Katrina Cortez. Like, how do you not feel bad? Yeah. And say, hey, 
you know, this this is messed up. Yeah, same with Nia Jax too. Yeah, and her mental health issues. Yeah. This is messed up. Keith Lee, uh, his heart condition that mm-hmm. he had to step away for a little bit, and he was trying to make it back. He literally did everything they asked. They yeah. said, "Go back to developmental and hone your skills." Okay. We're going to make you wear shorts instead of your singlet. Okay. We don't want you to do flips. Okay. We're going to change your name to something nobody even, what the fuck is a bear cat? Yeah. And that's the problem. If you had to have that explained to you on Twitter, because it has some significance, but they never really talked about it on raw. You you wouldn't know. If you have to Google it, that's not helpful. You have to actually explain some things to your audience. You can't just have them go, oh yeah, I get that. Because not everybody's going to get that. No one really got it. No, not everyone's Dave Meltzer, you know? Like, Yeah. And it's just, and just for all of them, like we said earlier, you feel terrible because it's the holidays. Thanksgiving's in a few weeks. Christmas is in a few weeks. And a lot of Me and Keith are are set to get married. Same thing with Karrion and and Scarlett. They they just got engaged. And some of them aren't going to be able to work for three months because they're on main roster contracts and not NXT. So That's another thing. They can't work for 90 days. No. So it's... It's just... It's insane. It's a mess. My heart goes out to everyone, even even Marie. You know, like, it's just... I, I don't want people to get fired. Like, no. why hire them if you're going to fire them? Like, yeah. You, know? like, like, so you just, can't mold everybody into your WWE style of whatever. It seems like they hire these people just to say, okay, we know we're going to get rid of some of them, but let's mass scoop them up instead in case something big happens. Yeah, it's just, it. it's ridiculous. It's just never fails to surprise me which is sad <laughs> yeah. it's just like and again yeah. it, it, make, it makes our job hard it makes our yes. job hard because we can sit here and go through each segment of raw and say what happened and what we thought of but honestly raw has yeah. not been great no it hasn't been great. I mean, there's some sp- parts. The opening was good. Yeah, the opening. Uh, the opening of this week, they had the match between Becky Lynch defending the women's title against Bianca Belair. That was a great match, despite the ending. And I know you have some reservations about the ending. How much yeah. you didn't like it? I felt like yeah. they could have did something a little bit more creative. Well, okay. So first off, the match was great. These two have chemistry. We knew that already. I know. Very big shocker. They have <laughs> chemistry. Whatever. What I had noticed, and I know that you always like me pointing these things out because I have an eye for these things sometimes. Mm-hmm. I love how they have developed Bianca's character from what she was in NXT. Because if she was, let's go back to, we'll say, take over Phoenix when she was wrestling Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship. Biggest match of her career to that to that point, easily. Mm-hmm. Once she got into deep waters, she was losing her composure. She, mm-hmm. like, after near fall, she was screaming. She was throwing a fit. She was losing her mind. You didn't see that in this match. No. You could see a little bit of frustration, because obviously who wouldn't be frustrated, but she wasn't losing her composure like she used to. So I love the character development that they've had with Bianca, because she has grown from her time in NXT, clearly. Mm-hmm. the ending okay <laughs> i don't mind the ending itself because 
in a way, it does protect Bianca because she has a legitimate claim that Becky can't beat me without cheating. So, you know, at some point it's going to be a no DQ match, probably. That's how these things go. The execution of the finish was my problem because every single, and I talked about this with mom when it happened, every single solitary match I have seen where someone takes the turnbuckle off, the ref never sees when the person gets thrown into the exposed turnbuckle. You watch back, that ref's looking straight at those two when Mm -hmm. Becky sends Bianca into the turnbuckle. Mm -hmm. That was just terrible execution on their part, but... I didn't mind the finish itself because, again, it's Becky. Becky's going to do whatever she can to win, to hold on to the title. It adds another layer of Bianca's just still not as crafty as Becky to outsmart big-time Bex. So at some point, we're going to have another match. But here's my problem. You have given Bianca Belair a lot of title matches in the last few months. Mm Mm-hmm. So after a while, you kind of have to pump the brakes a little bit, especially if you're not going to have her win any of them, clearly. Not a good look when one of your biggest stars is continuously losing big matches. The the thing is, uh, what I can... What I can kind of guess is that they don't have faith in any other of the female competitors to step into that role and be, okay, here's the next challenger. I mean, they did it. They teased it with Liv Morgan. Yes. They, which, which oh. would be, which would be great. And you know, it's, it's funny that you brought that up because we had a voice message from our good friend, Mike. Yes. And he, and he wanted to know what, what do we see in Liv Morgan that maybe he doesn't see yet and why she should be in the the title picture and really honestly the only thing i can i i can say is who else like yeah you know the 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 women's division i say this every week is so thin they Mm -hmm. don't they don't invest in their women's wrestling yeah so you can't have this constant cavalcade of people coming in and challenging the champion because if they did her title reign would probably mean more if if she was taking on new competitors every month like she like she was when she was the man right yeah and you know what's a funny thing about that you just mentioned her being the man who was the reason that whole man character actually worked out right who was the one that that busted open her face (laughs) to 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 make her look like the man that yep. she is now. Nia Jax. Nia Jax. Nia mm-hmm. Jax. So you take that big moment. If it wasn't for Nia Jax, that moment that moment doesn't happen. Yeah, I don't think or it wouldn't have it would have taken longer. I it would it would she she really wasn't she didn't have that traction yeah. up until that point. That so, gave that gave her cult hero status. Exactly, exactly. So you you don't bring it you 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 let go of Nia Jax who can easily be another contender for the title to do something different because like you yeah. said how many chances are we going to give Bianca Belair Yeah and I I like Mike's question it's a good question and I say I like Liv well I think it also it goes back to the Riot Squad days because mm-hmm. I love the Riot Squad so I think it kind of has to do with that but I like how she's been able to evolve and she mm-hmm. stayed out of thankfully i mean obviously we almost had it not happen but i'm glad that she has stayed out of the stereotypical pretty girl blonde 
mm-hmm. because she's blonde, but she's not like Carmela's character. Right. She's not she's, like what Mandy Rose used she's to not, be. She's, she's not a vanity character. Yeah, she can actually wrestle and she works her ass off and clearly has the support of the WWE Universe, but for some reason, he they just don't see it. So it's like part of me was excited when she like stepped up to Becky, but another part of me went, oh God, we're going to get disappointed again. Because they've literally just instilled that fear in us. Because how many times have we gone on this show and been excited that, okay, this is Liv's time. She's going to she's gonna win at Money in the Bank. Oh, this is Liv's time. She's going to beat Carmella at, I think it was uh, the Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Yeah. And then, okay, she beats Carmella. Okay, she's going to find this is finally going to be the push. And then she literally loses to her the next time. So it's like, I'm tired of being on the hamster wheel of being led around. I just wish they would just give Liv the chance. But clearly, they don't want to listen to us. They're not listening. For me, it's just the fact that I can tell that she's put in the work to be better at what she does. Yeah, and I've, from what I've seen, I've heard the backstage. I mean, obviously, it's just from Twitter and, like, the news sources or whatever. So, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. But when Ruby was still there, everybody was impressed with both their worth ethics, ethics, you know, words. (laughs) But you have someone who's willing to put the work in and that's just not enough for you she's blonde that should be enough for vince (laughs) but apparently it's not so i don't i don't know what the problem is and like you said it's almost like i don't know who she pissed off backstage maybe she's mad because ruby's gone which i mean i don't blame her that was her best friend so i don't know and it's it's just like you said if it doesn't appeal to Vince, yep. but it but it appeals to the fans. Yeah, and I and feel like that should be more important than what Vince or Bruce Pritchard see. Well, like, and that's the problem. Remember, we always said it's an audience of one. Right, right. And that, that's the problem with WWE. It's like, even if I was Vince McMahon and I was the audience of one, right? Yeah. And I have Liv Morgan and I say, I, I, I don't really see it. But I got the entire global audience, the entire WWE universe going, she's pretty good. She can probably handle herself in a main event picture, a main big picture situation. I, as a business owner, Mm -hmm. why am I not listening to my audience? Yeah, and we've seen it time and again, though. Some cases, not some cases have actually proven us wrong, but nine times out of ten, it's almost like they give them the chance reluctantly. And then as soon as they see a sliver of something not go their way, they're just immediately done with it. They don't give it a chance. It's right. it's like a quasi fake opportunity where, oh, yeah, we're going to give this to you. But if you don't follow it to the T, 110 percent is over, which is a load of crap. It's hard when you handcuff these people. That's the problem. They handcuff them because... Well, you need to do everything we want you to do. And if you don't do it our way, we're just going to panic. And okay, yeah, your your opportunity's gone. Which right. you shouldn't have that fear if you're a superstar, which I'm sure some of them do. I don't know, obviously, because we're not superstars. We don't know. We're not friends with any of them. But I would feel that way if it were me. Yeah, it's just, it's just a confusing situation. The women's division is glaringly needing of some work. Yeah. You can't constantly depend on the four horse women. Nope. You, 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 Bianca Belair is great, but you're milking her for all she's worth. Mm-hmm. And she's not going to be worth anything if you keep running her out there for the next three months trying to get this title. That she, If she beat Becky Lynch, no one's going to go, I don't believe that. 
Yeah. You know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's it's sad that you it's sad that we have to think that way too, where you don't want to automatically just go, okay, yeah, we know how this is gonna end. Yeah, yeah. But that's because we've been preconditioned to to think that way. Yeah. Because for for the longest time, WWE has been the only game in town. I mean, it's yeah. only been around for two and a half years, maybe. So yeah. it's still gonna take them some time to be like, okay, we don't have to our brain doesn't have to be wired that way. You yeah. know what I mean? Our brain is as wrestling fans, as in-depth wrestling fans and and podcasters and analysis and all that stuff, our brain has been wired to, okay, this is happening, but how is it gonna go down in the mind of Vince McMahon? Yeah, and it's sad that you have to think that. It's sad we have to think that way, but we're just how, so how, preconditioned to feel that way. I can I can no longer predict what this senile 75-year-old man is thinking yeah. because it's, as you can see, at the drop of a whim, someone yep. might not be there. It's like a Thanos snap. Someone might just get in, someone might get in his ear and within two days, okay, yeah, I don't like this anymore. We're getting rid of it. Like, yeah. again, B-Fab just signed a new contract. And That's just the craziest thing. That's Please. the craziest thing is that she just signed a new contract to bring her up. And again, she was an integral part of Hit Row. She, she was the first voice you heard yeah. when when you heard Hit Row. Uh, and that whole that whole hook in that Hit Row song oh. was starting to become a calling card. Yeah. And it, it, they already they, they've erased it from the interest. You know it's what they're going to do? They're going to throw somebody else in there, like some other woman's voice in there and pretend like that never happened. But fans don't forget. They remember. What else happened on Raw? We had uh happened on Raw, I don't remember. Well, we had for the first time ever, we had Big E, who's the WWE champion, to take on Kevin Owens in a non-title match. Yeah. That that was a pretty good match. And oh, yes. I thought it's interesting how they're weaving in Rollins in there. Yeah. This makes me lead you know, this leads me to believe that maybe this might turn into a triple threat situation. Yeah, and I would be perfectly okay with that because I want Kevin to have some more opportunities because he hasn't had any in a while. But I like the fact that Big E uh, is standing tall as the WWE champion. Like, yeah. he's the end-all, be-all because oh, yeah. even though Kevin Owens apologized for the way things went down during the match, and Kevin honestly took advantage of of Seth Rollins' hitting Big E with the referee not seeing. He took yeah. advantage of yeah. that, and that was his downfall. Yep. But he apologized, and Big E says, yeah. I, I don't accept your apology, because yeah. in no. life, in life, just because someone apologizes for doing you wrong doesn't necessarily mean you have to accept that apology exactly. right away. Exactly. And, and Big E did just that. He apologized to Big E, but the champ took him out with a big ending anyway. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing. I'm wondering if they're going to mold this into a triple threat situation because again, Kevin Owens is there now. He's on Raw. Yeah. Are they going to or are they going to just do give Kevin Owens this little piece of meat and then he's going to be relegated to the mid card again? My worst fear, and again, we literally just talked about being preconditioned. It almost makes me think that the only reason they're going to put Kevin Owens in this opera, it's like it's a ruse. Fans might see it as, oh, Kevin's finally getting an opportunity. It's about time. It's been forever, blah, 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 whatever. But really, they probably might put him into this match so he can eat the pins so and either one of the other two have to. Mm. I think it's so. It's sad that you have to think that way. But... Yeah. You have to think of who's going to be the one eating the pin because 
as as wrestling fans, the the formula of wrestling is the one who eats the pin, you know, has to get to the back of the line. Yeah. And you, you can't really do that with a Kevin Owens. And it's almost like, I don't know how much further Kevin can be back in the line. That's the problem. So he, it's should, like... he should be, he should be at the top of the food chain. Yeah. You know, he's another guy and his contract is almost up. So I wouldn't mm. be surprised if, if he doesn't, because the, the, what can we say? The last thing Kevin Owens did that was of significance is when he won the universal championship. <sighs> Yeah. But that was so long ago. That was like what five, six years ago. It seems, yeah, it's it, been it seems too like long. that. It seems like that. Too long. It, it, and it's just again, you know, I'm interested in Biggie as a champion. I'm interested in him going up against Seth Rollins. I just want to make sure that Biggie's title reign is a legitimate title reign. That it's given some legitimacy. Yes. He's getting some. He's not Seth Rollins is not his only you know title defense. Maybe he can have a one off with Kevin Owens and then move on to somebody yeah. else that's moving up on the card. But you know, time will only tell. Time will only tell. So, um, like I said, we're gonna keep moving on. Let's talk about some NXT 2.0. I know you want to talk about <sighs> something that happened on NXT 2.0, as I always do, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Which was obviously Dakota Kai returning to the NXT 2.0 ring to face Cora Jade, which put me in a bit of a crisis again. They, these guys love putting me in these uh, crises. Mm-hmm. Not to the level of Chris Statler doing Ruby Soho. That's going to be like... That's, that's your apex right Def there. Defcon level like, <laughs> crisis. But because I've said the last few weeks, I think Cora Jade's pretty cool. I like her aesthetic. Um, mm-hmm. she could have the potential to be a big player in the NXT women's division, but when you put Dakota Kai into the mix, I don't think anybody really expected her to lose because no, it's Dakota sure. Kai. She just came back. I thought it was very interesting before we even got into the match where Mandy Rose and Toxic Attraction, all of them, you know, going backstage after they got into a fight, whatever, with uh, Io Shirai and, what was it? It was Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter, if I remember correctly. Right, they're yeah. going to have a six-woman six tag Which, uh, this sure. Tuesday. Right, sure, because well, why not, whatever. <laughs> so, Toxic Attraction comes backstage, they find Dakota getting ready for the match, and Mandy, like, puts her hand on her shoulder, and Dakota kind of, like, jerks it away, and they kind of have a little bit of an awkward silence moment, and Dakota says, literally verbatim what I was gonna, what I said she was gonna say, I didn't do that to help you, I did that to end Raquel, which Mm -hmm. I, we talk about, I knew that was gonna be, I had a theory that was what was gonna happen, so, obviously, talked Mm -hmm. it into existence, you're welcome. (laughs) You were a little confused by her new entrance music, which really isn't different, it's just a little... They kind of they tweaked it a little bit, but it's really the same. It was I, I wasn't necessarily confused. I was just well, maybe I was confused because at <laughs> first I'm like, wait a second, is there something wrong? Like there's weird screams yeah, in the scream. background. Yeah, um, which I will get to at the end of the because the match itself was a little awkward. I mm-hmm. think you could tell these two never really had enough time in the ring together. It was just mm-hmm. it looked disjointed at some spots. It was just not the best match I have seen. And because, like we said, Dakota Kai can have a good match with anybody if you meet her halfway. And yeah. it's just, we, it was just an awkward moment from the start. Obviously, Dakota gets the win because, again, I don't think anybody expected Cora Jade to win. I mean, granted, she upset Frankie Monet a few weeks ago, and obviously, we know how well that <laughs> ended for Frankie. But, but what happened afterwards, and a little bit during the match, too, 
I think they added that scream because I think we are starting to see a more unstable, unhinged. yeah, unhinged, unstable, demented Dakota Kai. Because yeah, she was kind of doing those head ticks. Okay, see, so you noticed it too because that's yeah. why I wrote this down. Okay, so I thought it was very interesting. If you notice those like twitches, and she was mumbling to herself too, I noticed. You look on the, I'm, try, I'm trying to picture, the left side of her face. She had that X through her eye. Right. Makeup. Every time she did that head twitch, it was either to the left or she was like, it was starting from the left. It was that mm -hmm. left side. And okay. So here's my little, I have an astrology little rant here. Uh-oh. As a Gemini, I can see duality from a mile away. Oh. Obviously, that's that's our thing. We're That's what we're known for is duality, whatever. Some may call it two-faced, whatever. I think it's a stereotype. <laughs> we could talk about that off-stream, whatever. So I'm liking this confliction. It's literally confliction because she was going to stop Cora Jade through a table, mm -hmm. but didn't do it. So I'm liking these new mannerisms. Like we said, the twitching to the left or from the left where like the X in her eye is. So that's where it's almost like... You don't want to say like Randy Orton, like the voices in her head, but that's really what it is. It's like the demons or something in her head are telling her to do the devil on her shoulders, telling her to do one thing. And then she has, I wouldn't necessarily say an angel, but she has like, I guess the more reasonable Dakota on one side. So it's that con inner confliction that I always find fascinating, regardless of where I see it. I just always like the inner conflict. So mm -hmm. I like how they didn't just bring her back as, okay, the same Dakota Kai that lost to Raquel Gonzalez. You see the evolution now, so and yeah, I and you definitely. can see it in her like the video, like the video screens for her entrance, like the screaming again, the more unstable. It all and they kind of remix the beginning of her song to kind of sound like I don't even know how to describe it, just more unhinged, I guess. Mm -hmm. And even her gear, it was darker. There were stitches on it. It was like spray painted black in some spots. So I like that we're seeing a new Dakota Kai and I'm excited to see where it goes because I pray to God this is the Dakota that dethrones Mandy Rose for the title or at least just wins the title because we've screamed about it enough on the show that <laughs> Dakota deserves to be NXT Women's Champion because I almost don't want her to go to the main roster. But there's other, you know, other alternatives. So at that point, I would just rather her see do something worthwhile i guess would be what i say but i yeah the match itself was fine okay just the, the little things that i was picking up on with dakota and they even called to it on the announce team they were saying she's like mumbling to herself like trying to talk herself out of something so we're seeing an unhinged unstable dakota kai and i am all here for it yeah and for me i'm glad that you can at least pinpoint something on NXT 2.0 that you enjoy because mm. I am not enjoying NXT 2.0. I'm going to take a drink and I'm going to let you go off because in our production <laughs> meeting, you said I am going to go in a full on rant about NXT 2.0. So take it away. Here's the thing about NXT 2.0. I, I, I can't even pinpoint what it is. It's just not the same. The, the wrestling is not the same. This honestly feels like NXT 2.0 is just a byproduct of the WWE main roster, mm -hmm. which is understandable because they want it to be a developmental thing. And here's the thing. Uh, my brother was listening to Lance Storm and Brian Alvarez a little while ago before we got on air and did the podcast. Mm -hmm. And according to them, the plan is that they want to take everyone and give them every six months an evaluation. 
and basically say, are you ready for the main roster? If you're not ready for the main roster, we're letting you go. Now, I don't know if that's true. This is just what they say. So take it with a grain of salt. I, you know, this is sourced. Anybody else can listen to it. But for me, it just doesn't feel like the same NXT, the same black and gold, you know, and I'm all for an evolution. I'm all for a change, but don't take away the one thing that made the show great, which was the wrestling. Yep. The wrestling was great on the show. Now it just becomes a byproduct of WWE where every 15 minutes we have to get a vignette. I don't care about Josh Briggs and, and Jensen, whatever his name, eating steak. I don't care. That doesn't matter. I don't care about Cameron Grimes playing poker. Like, that is not interesting to me. I want to see them wrestle. Make it it something for... This is a wrestling program. Yes, sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, inside of that ring, what do they do? They wrestle. Mm -hmm. You know? Yep. And, And so for me, I just feel very ostracized between NXT. And I asked people on Twitter the same thing and here's the thing um i put up a poll and i asked which do you prefer the original nxt black and gold nxt or nxt 2.0 we had 42 votes for that one poll you want to know how it broke down mm-hmm. i can only imagine 83 percent said mm-hmm. they prefer the original nxt you know, only one person was brave enough to say, hey, I like NXT 2.0 and I'm not here to gatekeep. If you like NXT 2.0, that's awesome. Let me know what you like. Just the same way that you uh, mentioned the things that happened with Dakota Kai. I like those things. Those are good things, but it only depends on how far they can take it. Yeah. But for the surface, those are good things. I like the evolution of her character. I like the head ticks. I like her being a little bit unstable. You know, you don't know whether she you don't know whether she's gonna double foot stomp a table through Cora Jade or she's just gonna leave her alone. That stuff is interesting to me. It's just I don't care about Tony D'Angelo wanting to be on lashing out with Lash Legend. Oh. I don't even know who Lash Legend is. What does she do? Yeah, she kind of just showed up out of nowhere. What does but that's the thing with yeah. NXT 2.0. All these people showed up out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And part of being a wrestling fan is you have to get invested. Yep. But you can't get invested because, A, you don't even know if they're going to be there in six months. Mm-hmm. And it's just a constant badgering of just you new people and just new faces and new faces and new faces. And what about this person? And then this person comes along. It's just like... Christ, give my brain a break. Yeah. Where where is the storytelling that we got with Gargano and Champa? You know, that was a heated rivalry that gave us, you know, so much out of that. What about something like the Undisputed Era, which was the most dominant faction in all of wrestling since the Four Horsemen? Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that, that's what made the original NXT great. Whatever you're doing here is I don't know, I just feel ostracized. I look at MSK talking about whatever at a bus stop and I'm going, is this a show for kids? Like, yeah. you know, is this a show? If this is a show for the TikTok generation, mm-hmm. please let me know. So that way I don't feel like I'm going crazy. Yeah, I I like that you brought it up because I think, and I think we might've talked about this a while ago before they got it NXT. I think people loved NXT so much because it really was an alternative to the stuff on the main roster. 
Right. You actually got the wrestling that you would get in AEW. So NXT was doing AEW before AEW was doing AEW. Ooh, that's I a great it. way to put it. And I, I don't care if we get canceled for that one. It's honestly the truth because AEW shows up. Who did they go up against? Not Raw, not SmackDown. They went up against NXT because that was the only alternative to the alternative. And, and I, no, go ahead. And the main roster. And the, here's the problem: it was always doomed to fail against AEW because technically mm-hmm. AEW Dynamite, which is literally what they were going up against, is the main show for AEW. NXT has always been considered, and still is clearly, the third brand. It was the lowest you could get on WWE. So you had your lowest show going up against the main show of the competition. What did they expect to happen? That and and I'm so glad you brought that up because you look at NXT 2.0. We obviously know that it's no longer in the hands of Triple H, which which mm. who is is who I don't want to say made NXT OG NXT as good as it was, but he was definitely the driving force and the direction that made the black and gold brand as good as it was. I feel so bad for him right now, honestly, because let's think about it. You look at that list. How many of those people out of the 18 did he sign? Oh my God. Ember Moon, uh, Frankie, Mo- Carrion, Scarlet, uh, Scarlet, Keith Lee. Hell, Mia. Remember, Mia. please sign Mia from the man classic. He did that. Uh, it's just, it's just insane because it's like you said, NXT was doing AEW before AEW was AEW. And the only reason AEW was able to topple NXT is because it was the brand new thing. People wanted something brand new. They didn't want the WWE emblem splattered across everywhere, no matter if it was NXT or WWE. They just wanted something different. So the NXT was doomed to not beat AEW in those ratings. Yeah. It it, it just wasn't going to happen. That was the scapegoat. They were looking for the scapegoat and it was Hunter and NXT. And now you've completely gutted NXT, changed it. There are some great things. There are some great things about NXT. I like Carmelo Hayes. I feel like he's going to be a big time player. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a couple of the women are great. I like that they're doing certain things. But overall, it's just... Give me more wrestling, yeah. less vignettes. Give me more yeah. wrestling, less vignettes. Give Let the people that you have now, let them flesh out. Stop bringing in more people. Because again, like I said, I don't know if it's true or not, but what they're saying is everybody's going to get an evaluation every six months and you're either main roster ready or you're not, which means it's just going to be a constant train of just new faces and more vignettes and more vignettes and it's just not interesting to me anymore. Yeah. And I feel weird saying that. Like, I feel yeah. like, I felt like putting up that poll, I said what everybody else was thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, that was yep. just too afraid. Because, and not that they were afraid to say it. They were afraid to admit that NXT is just not what it used to be. But yeah. it was, it, it was such a, it was such a viable sort of breath of fresh air. Like, takeovers takeovers are gonna be weird now remember how we used to say like there's never been a bad takeover Hell, i don't even think they're doing takeovers anymore i heard that they might do one in december i mean i i hope but again it's like oh okay how sad is it like go back to the first podcast we ever did the first episode Mm -hmm. we were loving nxt talking about nxt and now it's completely different and i hate it because for the longest time i think you would agree nxt was my favorite show out of the three 
because it was closer to what I like to see in wrestling, as in AEW stuff. Why do you think we like AEW stuff so much? Because, yeah, they have their goofy, lighthearted moments, but it's not constant, and it's not five vignettes before an actual wrestling match. It's, yeah. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It's not good. Change it. Make it better. No. Go back. I think it's also Vince being petty because I think whether he would want to admit it or not, he was probably jealous that NXT was more liked than Raw or SmackDown by yeah, far. He he didn't like the fact that his son-in-law was getting credit mm-hmm. using his own platform. Yep, exactly. That makes Thanksgiving in the McMahon household Awkward. very interesting. I wouldn't want, want to be. I'd want to be there eating popcorn and watching, but I also wouldn't because it's I like think that, it'd be a mess. It's like that scene in Breaking Bad when Jesse's just in the middle of Heisenberg and his wife, and he's just drinking water, looking back and forth like, what the hell is going on? He's like, can it's, I go home now? Yeah, basically. And it's just, oh, man. NXT, please. Just. <laughs> But please don't fuck please. up Dakota Kai, please. No, no, because I, I like I, it's it's funny when Dakota Kai returned. I wasn't watching the show, but your mom DM'd me and she was like, "Did you hear that big sonic boom of <laughs> noise that was Shay?" And I was like, "Yeah." It felt like the ground was rubbling underneath uh-huh. my feet, so I knew something big happened. But oh. uh, I mean, how could you not? I guess it was just it was again like we always say where. I was 99% sure it was her, but you always still have that, like, 1% of a way. What if it's not? What if it's Ember Moon and they've just been swerving us the whole time or whatever? So you still have a little bit of surprise, but it's just more happiness because she's back. It's just now, please don't screw her up because I will throw hands. (laughs) I will throw hands with anybody that screws up Dakota Kai because how can you screw up Dakota Kai, of all people? Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I don't let's know. Let's not but talk it into existence. Let's knock on wood. But not, let, yeah, let's move. Let's move on before we curse it anymore. Ugh. Before, <laughs> because we have a tendency when we speak things, we speak them into existence. We really and, do. <laughs> and I don't want that to happen. No. So we move on. Let's uh, break away from WWE and let's move on to AEW. Um, AEW Dynamite was a pretty good show. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It was a pretty good show. A lot of it. I didn't take note of except for the the stuff that happened with CM Punk because oh, yeah. in, instantly when that happened, CM Punk uh basically addressed Eddie Kingston interrupting his interview last week with Tony Schiavone. Yeah. And and basically wanted an apology. Understandable. You know? uh, yeah, it's understandable, but here's the thing, it's Eddie Kingston. You're not yeah. going to you're not going to get an apology. <laughs> from eddie kingston because eddie kingston is the type of person and i've been following eddie kingston since he was in chikara so eddie kingston is the type of person that doesn't apologize for things he meant to do on purpose well and you're not going to force him to do anything he doesn't want to do exactly so as soon as that happened where where punk is like well i because here's the thing we all know that what happened with mox he Mm -hmm. has to go away for a while so he can't uh be he couldn't have his match against Orange Cassidy to get into the finals of the AEW title eliminator tournament. I'm thinking CM Punk's going to go in there and then we're finally going to get Brian Danielson versus CM Punk in the finals of that tournament, which would have been amazing. Yeah. Uh, And he even alluded to that, which is like, oh, that was like a stab in the heart. We don't get that yet. Yeah, we were so close to getting that. And then he goes, but here's this thing with Eddie Kingston. 
So as soon as he started mentioning Eddie Kingston <laughs> and he wants to have a talk with Eddie Kingston, my eyes just lit up. It You're was like, like, oh boy. It, it, it was Here like Christmas. Go. It was like Christmas. Right? Unfortunately, Eddie Kingston could not be at AEW Dynamite because he was sick. He didn't know if he had COVID, so he had to step away and get tested. Thankfully, he's good to go. He doesn't have COVID. It was just a one-off thing. Okay, good. But Come yeah, on. for me, it was... That was the big takeaway from AEW is that they were going to basically see each other on Friday at Rampage and they oh, were yes. gonna they were gonna get this thing squared away. But before we get to Rampage, let's talk about the other stuff that happened in AEW, such <laughs> as the, <laughs> the inner circle reveals reveals their full gear opponents. <sighs> they picked they picked the three from American top team that they wanted to face, which will be Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky. And who else? Dan Lambert. Oh yeah, I can't. I this. I we've talked about this before. This is it's just you, not doing it for me. Like you don't get not, Dan Lambert. I just it's it's dumb. I've said a million times you don't need Dan Lambert talking for Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page because those two are perfectly fine. But okay, now the problem I have with this segment, mm-hmm. I guess it just gets kind of old how for how many weeks straight now they've basically just made slut jokes to Paige Van Zandt because she's the only woman in the group. Yeah, I, honestly, it's that, so, that it's so like childish and it's like, come on guys, that's low hanging fruit. Like that's the obvious. I mean, granted, and they made her go into, Oh, well you just walked into that joke. Well, yeah, they did that on purpose. It's just, it's like, it's no, like I, high school boy humor, I guess, is what it is. And it's like, okay, like, it wasn't funny when I heard it back in high school, and it's not funny to me now. It's just, it's, it did, let's put it this way. Did the segment make you actually excited for this match? No, no. no. But the, I, I laughed at Dan Lambert getting picked because oh, yeah, he, he walked right into it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm the number one guy on American Top Team. Right. But yeah. I do I do see what you were saying about the Paige Van Zant jokes. And I feel like that's what happens when you have a 50-something-year-old Jericho yeah. in control of a segment. Yeah. You know, because he's no one's going to tell Jericho what to what to say and what not to say. Yeah. Especially in AEW. Yeah. You know, uh, so of course he has to make these jokes and he's got to get the cheap pop from the crowd. But again, yeah, it did kind of make me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But on the other hand, she handled herself really well. Being the I, only woman in that entire segment. I would like to see her in AEW, oh, see what she could do. Oh, me too. My goodness. It would be, it would be fantastic. I think she would be, I think she'd be a great, she has a great look to her. She can handle herself on the microphone, obviously. She's got some fighting background so she can make things look real, look stiff, look snug. She'd be a great addition. Again, if anything, if anything involving hoarding talent, I'd say hoard women's talent. Yes, please. Hoard, hoard women's talent because you can't go wrong in 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 doing that and elevating women's wrestling yeah it, like it's, i oh i would it, love to see mia yim and scarlet bordeaux and dynamite on like on dynamite on rampage like could you imagine the matches again they could have again it goes back to i mean aw has the the ability to take whoever they want but they'd be stupid not to take a couple names from the list oh, that yeah. just Please. just got dumped uh, speaking of women's wrestling, Jamie Hayter defeated Anna Jay to move on in the TBS tournament. The only problem is half of the match was in picture in picture. I hate that. I hate, it's like, sometimes they know how to do picture in picture, but sometimes they don't. 
Mm-hmm. I hate when they do the picture in picture and then not long after they come back is when the end of the match is. I hate when most of the matches during picture in picture. Like, guys, come on. Why why are you doing this? I don't get it, but the stuff after was, I guess, more important, I suppose. Um, because obviously, I honestly was kind of surprised Jamie won because I here's how again, back to the whole preconditioning thing. I'm so used to WWE style of tournament where the heel has to face the ch- like the, uh, the heel and the face. face. They have to go against each other. Right. I was guess I was expecting AEW to do the opposite and have Anna Jay go and over their, uh, Jamie Hader because Jamie Hader hadn't been winning a whole lot, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I guess I was surprised Jamie won, but I guess it makes more sense because obviously she's with our favorite DMD. And Thunder Rosa has history with DMD, so that makes sense. Because you know mm-hmm. Brent's going to be at, on at ringside for that match. You know Rebel's going to be there too. Mm-hmm. And obviously he had the brawl afterwards. But okay, my problem. So obviously Tay Conti comes out, helps, whatever. So does Thunder Rosa. I still... <sighs> she's improved since she's been to AEW. I'll give her that. Tay Conti has been become like went leaps and bounds from what she was in NXT. For sure, for sure. I don't see her beating Brit. Come on. No, no, I don't. But I mean, it's going to be a good match, but it's one of those where you go into it just hoping it's going to be a good match because you already know what's going to happen. The thing is, too, it, it also helps Britt Baker because it's just another name on the list of someone yeah. she beat. Yeah, you know, exactly. If, if she if she runs through the division and she keeps beating these names, yeah. she's going to be an unstoppable force. And people, uh-huh. it's all—it's almost like she's she's the Roman Reigns of the AEW women's division. Yeah. She just figures out a way to win, whether it's using Rebel or Jamie or just coming out with a win out of her back pocket. She's just, that's the way her title reign is seemingly going to go, is she's just going to steamroll the competition and be probably the best women's champion they're going to have for a very long time. I would love yeah. to see her uh, go up against uh, Hikaru Shida or cool. bring bring Riho back in. Yeah. Serena, Serena Deeb is someone that she can go up oh, against. Oh, that'd be a fantastic match. You know? uh, so there's still a lot of there's still a lot of meat left on her title reign and, and ways she can go. Um, all of this, you know, it's just like, again, it's a good thing that they're making a secondary women's title. Yeah, because they needed it. Yeah. They have yeah. way too many good women in that division mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. not have them give them something to do that's meaningful. Mm-hmm. And more could be on the way. Yeah. Oh, God, I hope. <laughs> like, could you, I mean, how could you imagine Britt Baker and me again? That'd be a- amazing. Give it to me, please. I, like, please, AEW, I'm begging you, bring some of them in. For right. the love of God. Let me ask you, are you uh, interested in seeing MJF versus Darby Allen? Um, I mean... I'm a little lukewarm with it. Yeah, it's kind of... I get the sentiment where, of all people, to try and break, Darby's probably going to be the hardest one to break mentally. Mm-hmm. And kind of, again, MJF kind of has those cheap like heel pops for the crowd or whatever, which, I mean, we're used to that. It's MJF. It'll make me a little nervous if he does beat Darby, though, because on one hand, he's going on and on about how at some point I'm going to get a title shot and I'll be the face of this company and you're just going to have to deal with it. But then you have Darby where it makes total sense for him to basically kick MJF's ass. 
in mm-hmm. full gear because how what what would it do for Darby to have MJF put him through all of this stuff, have him put Sting through all this stuff and still lose? That's a very good point. Like he needs the feel good win again. That's a very good and point. I'm going to be very interested because I said on the promo, oh, MJF, MJF, oh, I'm going to beat you because I already know what you're going to do. You're going to go flying out at me right as soon as the bell rings and you're going to lose your cool because you've lost your cool like every other time. I'm going to be interested to see if Darby actually keeps his composure at full gear. Yeah, like it, the match will start off with a collar and elbow tie up instead of yeah. shotgun drop kicking his opponent into the corner. Exactly. So, so yeah, that does make a lot of sense. I was just like I said, I'm a little, I'm a little lukewarm. Like when MJF comes, maybe it's because MJF is the heel. And again, I I go I go back and I say this all the time. Maybe I'm supposed to think this way. Yeah. It's just when MJF comes out, I'm like, oh, here we go. Like he's gonna make fun of the crowd and call people fat and yeah. you know like, like literally everything he does. Yeah, like every yeah. every week. So I you can't do it now because full full gear is on the thirteenth. It's almost coming. So you need that build up. But I would like to see give MJF a little bit of a break. Yeah. You know, not run him out there so much. I know he's considering himself one of the pillars of AEW. Yeah, but sure. uh, <laughs> but uh, I feel like his mystique, being that he's being run out there every week, the mystique of the MJF heel is uh, is starting to wear off. So give him a little bit of a rest after this match. Either way, whichever way it goes, you know, I don't, I can't really predict who will come out the winner. That's the good thing about AEW is that they really do surprise you who they choose to be winners and losers of their matches. Yeah. It's not as predictable sometimes as WWE. Right. So it's like, I appreciate that because I like being surprised. Right, right, right. In a good way too, because their WWE's also had sometimes and AEW too have had where I've been surprised, but not in a good way. Like, I guess Cody beating Malachi, but once again, we, we're not going to get into that, but we will have to get into <laughs> a certain promo the Malachi cut because, oh boy, do I have a lot to say. This is this is your NXT 2.0 rant right here. Oh, it's but in a good, good in a good yeah, way. Reverse NXT 2.0 rant. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, anybody who knows me and has listened to this podcast from the start, I feel like I've mentioned it before. I am super into anything mythology, like Greek mythology, Norse, whatever. So I love when Malachi makes these little references in his promos where before the Andrade, Elidolo, and Cody Rose match, which I think we were both just like, eh, okay, whatever. I think we just got to the point yeah. now where anything Cody's in, we're just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> but he, Malachi was banned from ringside by Tony, mm-hmm. Tony Khan. So Tony uh, was the subject of Malachi's promo, which I thought was very interesting, where he basically said... Julius Caesar, when he was assassinated, it wasn't just Marcus. Now for, I'm going to give you guys a little mythology lesson here, obviously. So Julius Caesar was assassinated by a whole bunch of Roman senators back in, during the Ides of March. Mm-hmm. And there were a bunch of like ringleaders and leaders of the conspiracy to kill him. And it was Marcus Brutus and his brother-in-law, Gaius Cassius. So... I think everybody initially, when they heard that promo, obviously me included, thought, okay, who else is going to show up to help Andrade? Because on the surface level, that's literally what it sounded like, where, okay, yeah, Cody's just, someone else is going to help him. It ended up being FTR, which 
that's starting to create a bit of a problem now where you are mixing these feuds and storylines and it's getting Mm -hmm. very confusing, but we'll get to that during the actual match. So, but then, um, mom was listening to busted open and they had a bit of a theory where that promo went a little deeper than I think some people are giving it credit for where he wasn't referring to Cody as Julius Caesar. He was referring to Tony Khan as Julius Caesar. So we were talking about it before, as we were saying in the production meeting, I spent 20 minutes talking to her about this and made Mm. my head hurt a little bit. So (laughs) there were a couple ways to look at this. One way is I would say a more plausible uh, reasoning because let's be honest with Malachi. He is very, very good at foreshadowing in his promos and he, he never says and does what people expect him to every time he says something you think it's one way and he completely just flips the script which i think Mm -hmm. that's why we like him so much so we'll start with the more plausible uh explanation as to this so okay so tony's julius caesar obviously and Mm -hmm. julius there was more than one person that plotted to kill him or you know destroy him whatever who is malachi aligning with right now he's uh andrade and who is Andrade engaged to at this current moment? Zelina. No. Or no. Why did I say Zelina? I don't know why that popped in my head. Malachi who, is. Yeah, Malachi is yeah. married to Zelina. Uh, who's he... In, who's... Uh, repeat the question again? I'm sorry. Who is Andrade engaged to right now? What do you mean by engaged? Who's in a, Who is he in a relationship with? Oh, oh. He's in, in a relationship with Charlotte Flair. And who supposedly has an axe to grind right now if you read every dirt sheet out there right now with WWE. Charlotte Flair? So Charlotte and Rick could infiltrate at some point AEW. You think so? And screw things up. But that was just a little, that was, I suppose, a little more of a plausible thing because obviously, like, Charlotte supposedly is not happy with WWE. They're not happy with her or whatever, but. Ah, okay. I I see where you're getting at now. Now, here is the one that is so out there it makes more sense if you think about it so Mm -hmm. like i said his promo with julius caesar and the assassination on the surface everybody just assumed it was about the match that okay well if he can't go out and interfere who can right i it could be a lot deeper than that and obviously it doesn't have to happen now it can happen in the future but so malachi wasn't referring to cody rhodes in this promo he was referring to tony khan right who in the world right now is the one person that wants to see tony khan fail Anybody in WWE? So basically Vince McMahon. Right. Yeah. So who right now, because we kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, who is the closest right now to Vince that has an axe to grind with him right now? Not Charlotte Flair. uh, Triple H. I just... Yeah. Was I right? Uh Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. So Triple H or Hunter gets tired of Vince's shit, leaves... Tony you, says, come help me. We can take him down together. Because wow. who else could do it? This is some Marvel cinematic shit right here. And see, and then the thing is, too, going back to the assassination thing, Hunter could help Tony at least compete more with or eventually take down WWE, but could also betray Tony what in the, the end. Wow. This so, is... obviously, for the listeners... We don't know if this is going to happen. This is just like speculation kind of stuff. But if you really think about it, that could happen. Because uh, if I was Hunter right now, I would be completely over dealing with Vince's shit. Is, what, 
let me ask you a question kind of going off of is hunter still in charge of uh the uh the talent like you the talent development like he was i don't know, you know that's the that's the main thing that I, that i worry about when it comes to that is that hunter was kind of the guy who was in charge of the talent and they would go to him especially in nxt and now that's not the case i'm wondering if maybe nick khan took over that position exactly but- so adds more fuel to the fire and also because obviously you're going to have people say, oh, well, now come on. He's family, whatever. That's what I'm saying. Money trumps family sometimes. Ooh. If Tony gives him enough money and Hunter is still pissed at Vince for basically ruining easily the best thing WWE had going for him in NXT and screwing him over and literally using him as a scapegoat. Because I think it's very easy to see that they use Triple H and NXT as a scapegoat to change it with the whole thing with AW that we were mm. already on a rant about earlier. So it really isn't out of the realm of possibility. The triple H could be getting really tired of this. And if Tony gives him enough money and says the right things where you want to get back events, come join us. That is wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Blow your guys mind. You're welcome. That, that is, that is that is some serious storytelling. It's so putting... crazy that it could work. <laughs> I mean, could it? I don't. I don't know. Because obviously, like, it would you... need time. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, like no. we said, it wasn't going to. It's not going to happen. Oh, it, it could happen over the course of I don't know months, years, whatever. But that would be some really, really good <sighs> stuff. And if you really want, because let's also add another layer to this. We're just going to keep <laughs> screwing with people. There is a lot of people within the AEW fan base that are just all AEW all the time, anti everything else. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you imagine the amount of heat Malachi would get if he brought Hunter in? They'd get pissed because he, oh, he's a WWE guy. Why would, you know, I mean, maybe, or maybe they'd accept him because he's joining the cause or whatever, but it could create some heat. I, I, I mean, that all just blew my mind in a way that like i'm trying to piece it together and now you know how i felt 20 minutes before we came on because that's what my mom was trying to explain to me because i'm like yeah but wait a minute your your mom always does this because she does it to me too you're You're not safe yeah yeah she does it to me too like she'll she'll propose this wild idea and you're like wait a minute that's not gonna work and then you're like wait a minute and then you think of it because at first you're like wait a minute that's too that's too out of the box but then you think about it and you're like oh wow that actually would work that could make sense in the grand scheme of things and that and i'm sure there are a lot of people who are going to listen to that and go okay that's just a little ridiculous but the more you think about it the more it could happen because hell let's Go, let's go to a low, <laughs> let's go to a lower level of this. Let's put it this. Let's go here. Take Mark Henry for example. Uh huh. Everybody expected him to be a WWE lifer. Yeah, he was he was he was recruiting talent for WWE and literally jumped ship to AEW because he got tired of what they were doing. So it's really not out of the realm of possibility for quote unquote WWE lifers to jump ship because at the end of the day, it's all about business and. If Hunter could see a better business venture going to AEW than staying with WWE as it continues to do things that make our head hurt on a constant basis, mm-hmm. money talks, unfortunately. You're, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you there. This is more, this is more, you know, 
Wow. <laughs> yeah, see, I told I told you I was gonna blow your mind. The uh, f- this would cause a seismic shift. Mm-hmm. The only way this would work is if Vince McMahon is not in the picture. If he dies, well, okay. Yeah. Vince, Vince McMahon has to be no longer in the picture because as soon as Vince McMahon is no longer in the picture, it's either Stephanie or Hunter that's going to take 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 the reins. You know. Yeah. Well, but then also, even if Vince is still alive, Hunter can just quit, go to AEW. Because, let's be honest, how many people have you seen so far on Twitter in the last few days say that, well, Hunter could just start up his own promotion because he could get sick of this? It's like, yeah, he could, or he could join, you know, Public Enemy number one for WWE, because as much as I don't want to admit it. Wow. That'd be like Hogan going to the, starting the NWO. Uh, right? See, that would be like next level shit. This, that, that, it is some next level fantasy booking. That right. is some next level fantasy booking that just is like, wow. And now I'm, you will be kept up at night thinking about that. So you're welcome. I, I don't, I don't see him going up, going against the McMahon family. I, it's almost, it's almost like, it's almost like a mafia sort of deal. I also would say too, I said, that'd be really awkward for Stephanie. Oh, of course. Of course. Because who would you go to, your dad or your husband? Because... Of course. But not only that, but Stephanie is like second in command in the company. Who knows? Maybe she gets sick of it and quit too. You don't know. I mean, obviously we're not flies on the wall. We don't know what anyone's thinking. But I, don't is... know. I would at least take, I don't think it would be out of the realm of possibility to think that right now Hunter is pissed. And oh, no, no, that, that I agree Vince with. And Nick Khan shit. Yeah, that I can definitely see happening. But him jumping ship, the company, for me, plausibly, the only way he would jump ship is if the company goes under. Hmm. Eh, maybe possibly there, there's nothing else uh, because it, let's say the company goes under right yeah that leaves aw as the big ticket in town yeah you'd be stupid not to bring in triple h and get not only his expertise in wrestling but his expertise in production well yeah and that's also kind of what i was thinking to a degree too but I mean, it could be pretty tempting where Tony can say, look, if you did such a good job in NXT and it was obviously the most popular thing WWE had, so clearly you know what you're doing. Right. Tony, for the most part, knows what he's doing. You put both of them together. Could you imagine? That's why I'm saying that WWE would literally have to go under. That's, I think, I think Triple H is too much of a WWE loyalist. For it to happen, See, I, 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 I know he's pissed. I know he's pissed about what's going on with the releases because it's out of his hands, and a lot of those people that got released were his pet projects. But well, he also kind of got the shaft when it came to NXT too. Where and yeah, no, no, you're totally right. I, I totally agree with you there. It's just monumentally, this would put everything on its ass. Basically, and, I mean, it would be fun to watch. Oh no, me. for sure, for sure. Yeah. Imagine, imagine reading that report and then like, oh my god, like. Uh-huh. And but... here's also, here was I think another theory I had, and it's not going to make your head hurt. I promise. I promise okay. to God, it won't. Um, so you go back to Malachi keeps saying that basically Tony Khan's Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar ended up getting killed by people of his own government. People that he trusted. That's true. Who's running? Well, not really running. Who's the EVP? Who's the biggest EVP right now for him? 
Cody. He could be betrayed from within. That is true. Because Malachi kept talking about how he has infected the Nightmare family. And yeah, Cody can do his, oh, I don't know, whatever, pompous and righteous. You know, I'm not going to turn heel because I don't, I wouldn't do that to you guys, whatever. Which sounds so much like John Cena. That's literally what this sounds like right now. John, he's the John Cena of AEW right now. But it that would make sense too, where again, Julius was betrayed by people he trusted and was close to. And obviously Kenny and the Young Bucks kind of like doing their own thing, whatever. Cody was a big part of AEW getting started with Tony. So get destroyed from within. That's another one too. Man, I, I think that I think that's more of a plausible. <laughs> hey, watch what happens. You never know. Like, oh man, you're not might, lying. We you might said. have to bookmark episode twenty three, and if something happens, <laughs> I'm either going to be a complete idiot or a genius or just crazy. Not an idiot, just crazy or a complete genius. Well, actually, mom, we'll have to give credit to mom because she's the one that brought it up, and I'm just like, <laughs> okay, I'll talk about it on stream or on the podcast. We'll see what happens. So she she's done that to me before with other stuff, and it's just like, yeah. the, your first five seconds is like, what? Wait, what? And then you're like, wait, what? Yeah, and then, you think, and then you're like, oh god, this makes too much sense. <laughs> this makes way too much sense. So we, uh, we so we might have to bookmark episode twenty three for like imagine. maybe months to a year or so from now, and we'll have to see what happens. And we come back and we'll see if we were crazy or if something actually. I got, I got to know. I have to know if there's some internal struggle in WWE for me to believe that something like that would happen. It's almost Which... like with all the stuff going on, you would have to think there's some type of internal struggle because let's think about it. Even the most loyal person can get pushed too far because mm-hmm. poor Triple H had the best thing going for WWE and NXT. You basically get thrown into a battle that you weren't going to win in the first place. And then get basically scapegoated for it. And then you have, because I remember we were talking about this when all the NXT stuff and all the strife within the company was going on, where we heard people didn't want Triple H to be in charge because Vince, the Vince guys were going to be gone. Mm-hmm. So he might not be as well supported in WWE as he probably should be, because God knows things would be a little bit better if he was in charge. But you have so many Vince Yes Men still in the company, which I think is another big problem they have, is you still have people that think stuff from the 80s and 90s are going to work today, and it's mm. not. So I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Hunter was getting fed up with all of this, because it's just everything's getting thrown down on him, where, yeah, we're, you can still kind of do the stuff, but we want you to do the stuff that we want you to do with NXT 2.0, and you literally just went on a 20-minute rant about how crap it is right now. And he's probably pulling his hair out because his NXT was wrestling with a little bit of storytelling, compelling storytelling. And now it's just vignettes for all these people that we have to throw on here. That that's what overload. it is. That's, that's a good way to put it. It's compelling storytelling that is missing from NXT 2.0. There is no storytelling. It's just, here's a new shiny new toy. Check this person out. And you're like, okay. like, But eventually... It's just, in my head, I'm putting together all these things that that are coming out within, like, the dirt sheets and everything. Now they're saying they don't want women over the age of 25. Which, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah. yeah, You cannot give, you can't not give somebody a job because they're too old or they're 
a female or whatever it's like you don't do that that's not that's not good that's not good like why do you think that's a good idea where it uh it's just it's a goddamn mess oh man oh wow whoa that just that just now your head now your head hurt can hurt like mine did yeah no it's like okay where do we go from there um (laughs) how do you recover from that um, but uh i think uh i think it's time to go over to smackdown yeah, because I don't want to talk about poor Orange losing. That made me sad. Yeah, I kind of figured he was going to I was hoping not, but it's like you kind of knew, but still. It's just like, poor Orange. One but day, you know what? get something. But you know what? Uh, Brian Danielson versus Miro is a pretty compelling match. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I, I just would, for the story, for the compelling stuff in the ring, I'd love to see Orange and Brian Danielson just to see. Yeah, how no, are you, I agree. How do you handle Orange? You can't. <sighs> Yeah. He's an enigma. He can't, you can't prepare yourself for orange. That's a good way to put it. He is kind of an, he's AEW's enigma. He's the charismatic enigma of AEW. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly charismatic, but yeah. But I, but I am excited to see what Miro and Brian Danielson can do in the ring. Oh yeah. Um, Cause Brian Danielson is just wrestling. He's wrestling unhinged. He has no shackles. He hasn't had a terrible match since. Yeah, exactly. His matches are all... He's probably had some of the best matches in the company during his run. Yeah, and he's only been here since uh, September. Yeah, which is crazy. And he's wrestling everybody. You know, you look over at Rampage and he wrestled Anthony Bowens from the Acclaim just to wrestle him. Right, just because. Yeah, which is crazy. But we'll get to that a little later. Um, SmackDown. Roman Reigns finally came from his one week vacation. Yeah. He showed up on the show and uh, they're kind of weaving in the new day in the main event. How do you think about that? I'm perfectly okay with it. First off, I'm glad that they explained why Roman wasn't on SmackDown last week, because I think a lot of people were wondering that where the hottest thing you have going on your show, you didn't have on the show. Like, what was that about? <laughs> so I'm glad they at least explained it a little bit in kayfabe that, oh, he was on vacation. Because, of course, he is. He's Roman Reigns. He can take whatever vacation he, he wants. He deserves a little time off. Yeah, and I'm glad they're bringing the New Day back in because we even talked about it last week. You could put the New Day and the Usos in a feud. It's already going to be good because we've seen it. It's good. Mm-hmm. And they find ways every time they wrestle each other to freshen things up. So it's not, oh, it's these two teams again. Yeah. Now you have Roman in there, too. And it's just, oh, it's going to be so good. I'm excited for this. It's, oof. I, now that I'm thinking about it, this might be, this is going to be the SummerSlam match. It's going to be the New Day versus the Bloodline. Oh, Survivor Series, yeah. Oh, Survivor Series which, match. Which is funny because as I was um trying to go back through Twitter to find all the stuff, they already announced the SmackDown Women's Survivor Series team. They changed, they did it when we weren't looking, apparently. Did they really? Actually, they just said, "Oh Jesus!" Okay, hold on. So now we gotta we gotta pause because they literally just announced every single Survivor Series participant over the last hour. Really? I'm not even joking. Okay, so all right, so on the men's team, you got oh, this can't go wrong. Uh, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, and Dominic and Rey Mysterio is mm-hmm. Team Raw. Team SmackDown is. Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, Xavier or King Woods, Sami Zayn, and ugh, Baron Corbin. And this is for this is for Survivor Series. Yeah, and I got the women's team too. So oh boy, um, oh we got Bianca Belair, 
Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan. Oh, here we go. Carmella and Queen Zelina as mm. team. Oh, that's interesting. I'm kind of interested. They only put Rhea and not Nikki A.S.H. for Team mm. Raw. Huh. Yeah, but you got to have Carmella in there because why not? <laughs> um, and Team SmackDown is Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi Blackheart, uh, Natalia, and uh, Aaliyah. Uh, you could put Tony Storm in there. What the hell? Ah uh, man, with no with no sort of build up or anything. No, they just threw them all together and said, "Okay, here's your Survivor Series team." No, I I just uh. the teams are fine. Um, obviously, I'm happy Shane is on there. I hope she completely just destroys Team Raw single handedly. Mm-hmm. But you could have put Tony Storm instead of Aaliyah, like. I, I feel so bad. They're shafting Tony Storm so bad right now. <laughs> Jeez, but it's just like when when is Survivor Series? Well, it's usually in Echo towards Hall. the Hold towards on. the. We gotta look this up. <laughs> Let me look this up here. It's um, towards the end of of November usually. Hear me furiously typing away on my computer. That is just um, so crazy. It is. Um, okay, where is it? Yeah, so we got to go to Wikipedia. Hold on. My apologies. It's the 21st. I got it. Yeah. So literally 15 days away and you just decided to honestly, I'm honestly not even surprised because you put two tournaments together in two weeks. So what did we expect them to do? They don't know what foreshadowing and they don't know what planning (laughs) ahead means. So I'm not surprised, but yeah. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. Looking at those right now, I honestly couldn't even really tell you who's going to win for both. I mean, I'd love to see Rhea and Shayna go at it again because they had very good chemistry from back in NXT. Mm -hmm. Um, mm. Well, we're going to have to see. Yeah, because they literally just said on Twitter, oh, at 3.30, we're going to just start announcing it on Twitter. It's like, oh, okay, you guys haven't even mentioned anything on SmackDown or Raw, but sure. Well, yeah, yeah. I, would, I would I would, figure they would mention something. I mean, I guess. It's one of those, me- like, I guess, you know? Like, like, sure. I mean, it's Survivor Series. Survivor Series isn't bad. It's not my absolute favorite pay-per-view the Royal Rumble always has, but mm-hmm. it's fine. It's, it's there. It's better than some pay-per-views, that's for sure, but... Wow. It's going to suck because you know and it's Survivor Series 2018 is never going to be top for me. I'm trying to remember. Okay, hold on. Let me look look this up so I don't sound like a complete idiot. Um Shit, yeah, cuz I can't even remember what I did yesterday. Um, so. <laughs> okay, now. Wait. Is it 17? Let me try no, no, maybe 19. Let me try 19. 19. Survivor Series 2019. Okay. I had to make sure because I know you both, you said 18 and it was supposed to be, it was this one. It's like, no, <laughs> Survivor Series 2019, when it was NXT in it, easily right. the best Survivor Series. Yeah, which is every every year I'm wondering why they don't, in, well, this year I'm not so, so upset about it, yeah, but, yeah. but before, you know, like, why don't you incorporate NXT? That was like, you know, some yeah. of the best stuff they did in terms of storytelling, mm-hmm. you know, incorporating NXT and all that stuff, but. I'm not surprised. I'm not. You can again. You can't. And the worst part is, is that you look back at Survivor Series 2019. It almost wasn't even supposed to happen that way. The Mm -hmm. only reason NXT even showed up on SmackDown that week was because most of them were being held hostage in Saudi Arabia, so Mm -hmm. they needed the extra people. So 
it's crazy to me to think that the best survivor series at least for me personally i'm sure others would disagree but like for me personally my favorite survivor series of all time almost didn't even happen because <laughs> the half the roster got held hostage in saudi yeah. arabia but clearly they didn't see what they had then because we haven't really seen it since which what else is new but yeah well before we keep keep ranting we might as well just keep going to no that kind of actually worked out better because you know it kind of gave us something to talk about other than smackdown which like i said um the only thing for me that i enjoy off of smackdown is the bloodline and the new day stuff so that that stuff is good but then for me shane is on a winning streak so i don't care yeah yeah i mean through nefarious means and I mean, again, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do, but yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. It's just, it's, uh, I, I know that we have said time and again that we still don't really understand why Sonya hates Naomi. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. I don't get it. I just cannot wait for these two to finally wrestle each other in a ring. I am waiting for this because it's just getting more ridiculous to me, but more entertaining as this keeps going on. Because, like we said in the production meeting. The explanation made absolutely no sense. Oh, it was supposed to be a rope break, so you're supposed to break the holes. So technically, that match should have whatever. So it's like, okay, that's that's just Sonya being the disillusioned, power hungry, like WWE official. So it's like that's whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, Shayna winning. I'm not going to complain because Shayna's on a winning streak now. I will say, so I'm happy with that. But <laughs> yeah, so I just can't wait for those two to actually get into it. And then I will say, we talked about this a little before. You had Shotzi's promo. After she completely demolished Sasha Banks last week. Mm-hmm. We kind of talked about how we weren't really too sure about Shotzi being a heel. Considering you already had some heels and like tweeners already on. We didn't really need Shotzi as a heel. But she, um, I liked her promo a little bit more. Because last time, mm. her last promo on Talking Smack, I said it very, I kind of hated it a little bit. Because it made sense when you she said, oh yeah, well I've been cost, like I've like had title opportunities taken away from me whatever my partner my tag partner left me and we both said that wasn't really tegan's fault because it was a draft you had no she had no say in it and then they come back this week where she's tired of losing title shots she lost her tag partner which i'm like okay fine they fixed that and then oh well i lost the support of the the wwe universe it's like you they were still cheering for you they still were cheering for you. Yeah. And, but I am pissed when she said she's going to run over anyone in her path and she doesn't need a tank to do it, which leads me to believe we're not seeing the tank anymore, which I hate because it's cool. Who else has a damn tank? They yeah. ride to the ring, but nope, we can't do that because that's a heel. A heel can't be cool. Yeah, I was case, just so. going to say, I was just going to say heels can't be cool. They can't do cool stuff. So Which I hate that. It's like, because that's what made Shotzi so cool was the damn tank. And <laughs> you know we're not going to see it again, but eh, whatever. It's fine, I guess. Yeah. But, I don't know. Well, the only other thing, like I said, for me that I, I really paid attention to on SmackDown was the main event. It was a fun way, main event between Xavier Woods, King Woods, yes. defeating Jimmy Uso. And there was a little caveat to this one. Mm-hmm. If uh, Woods won, Jimmy Uso would have to bend the knee, which we almost had. Yeah. I, I was wondering how they were going to pull this off because I knew they weren't going to just have him bend the knee. You can't really yeah. just have him bend the knee like that. No. Um and then Roman Reigns comes out of nowhere, Superman punches uh, Woods in the face. 
I wonder if they're trying to write off Kofi Kingston from TV because they had them target his leg. Oh, yeah, they destroyed him. Like, my yeah, goodness. they destroyed the leg. So I'm wondering if now with the Survivor Series team set, Kofi not being involved, if they're writing Kofi off of TV for a little bit and giving Woods a little bit of shine, which I'm yeah. not I'm not mad about. I, I like the idea of Big E being champion, Kofi having Kofi mania and King Woods being yeah. a thing. I feel like I feel like. Call call me crazy, mm-hmm. but maybe they'll have King Woods take on Roman Reigns for a pay per view match, and I, I would I I I would love to see it. I don't think King Woods would win, no. But in the realm of possibilities, especially the way that the way uh, Roman Reigns' title reign is going, where he's taking on his cousin, he's yeah. taking on Cesaro, he's taking on Finn Balor, Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. he's taking on anybody that's come. If, if King Woods wanted a shot it's it's a definite believability cycle there well and um, someone also made a very good point too where survivor series is in a few weeks you're gonna have biggie and roman clearly mm-hmm. so you take out biggie's friends and he's completely at a disadvantage because roman's gonna have the usos you attack woods and kofi and knock them out mm-hmm. Biggie's gonna have no other help so you know <laughs> I think that's a good storytelling, too. That's a good way of interweaving two feuds together, really. Yeah, I think... I And that's the one thing that I like about SmackDown is what they're doing di- differently from AEW when in terms of weaving in storylines together, like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Uh, they're weaving it in, but it all is making sense. Yes. So, like you said, Survivor Series will have Roman versus Big E. We don't know who's gonna come out. I don't really have a prediction, nope. but this will all this will all lead to maybe a December pay per view where King Woods can take on Roman Reigns and you keep that sort of New Day, uh, Bloodline s storyline going. Yeah, and it, it, it'll it'll be good stuff. Oh, it's gonna be really good stuff. I mean, like we've said, anything with the Bloodline is good stuff. Yeah, definitely for sure. But I think uh, we're done with SmackDown here. Move on to the other side of the wrestling world in AEW and Rampage. And let me tell you, hmm. Rampage. Should I let you go off? No, no. It's not that necessarily I should go off, but I'm just saying Rampage is probably, I say this every week, my favorite wrestling show so far. Oh, I because, meant I go off in a good way. No, yeah. yeah. It's, it's definitely my favorite show in in during the wrestling week because it's just straight wrestling and they sometimes they give us little things like brian danielson versus anthony bowens which was great i thought it was great i love seeing brian danielson just take on anybody that comes his way like he said just for the heck of it yeah just for the heck of it it was a pretty good match with danielson obviously getting the win with the label lock uh the internet went crazy for max caster who had a wonderful freestyle line where he said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing because, you know, my memory is pretty bad. He yeah. said he was going to send Brian Danielson to the poverty line dog uh, and he's going to ruin more careers than his father-in-law. Mm-hmm. Which, if you don't know, because I, I didn't put two and two together until somebody pointed it out mm-hmm. on Twitter. Brian Danielson's father-in-law is Johnny Ace, the yeah. guy who fired everybody this week via yeah. email for budget cuts. Uh-huh. So I, I like that. That was very nice. I'm like, I see what you're doing there. That was, that, nice. was that was I, I, I went, oh, and then when I figured it out, I went, oh, oh yeah. Boy. Uh-huh. I was like, I was like, who's his father-in-law? And how who what careers did he ruin? I'm like, like go right <laughs> from below the belt on that one. I loved it. I yeah. loved it. 
Yeah, definitely one of uh, Max Caster's best freestyles. And like I said, this was a good match. Obviously, Danielson got the win with the LaBelle lock. But again, we're seeing Danielson just take on anybody who comes his way. Wednesday is going to be no different. They're bringing a yeah. throwback. They're doing a throwback to like Ring of Honor days where they're bringing in Rocky Romero from New Japan. And it's going to be Rocky Romero versus Brian, uh, Brian Danielson. And it's just my mind. I'm like a I'm like a schoolgirl. I'm like right, a schoolgirl. You're, you're enjoying the hell out of this. Because it's wrestling. The wrestling that I, the way I love wrestling being done. Yeah. Which is either do it for the athletic competition or tell a good story. And this one is going to be for the athletic competition. Which is why I love it so much. Because these two are ring generals. Yes. So it's not like when he was going up against Bowens, he could kind of take advantage of his inexperience and things of that nature. No, that's not going to happen here. These are two guys on the same even playing field and American dragon is just going to just go crazy. I know he is. I know he is because for me, you can see that he's wrestling unhinged. Yeah. He's got the oh, yeah. shackles off. It's, it's so good. And and he's wrestling mm-hmm. some, I think some, this is some of his better work than what he's done since WrestleMania 30. Honestly, oh, yeah. honestly, it's so easy to say that. I I honestly mm-hmm. think since his WrestleMania 30 stuff, um, this has been his best stuff. But uh, for me, the one thing I was looking forward to is finally we get this face to face between Eddie Kingston and CM Punk. I want to know, for me, what is the beef? You yeah. know, like yeah. is is this? Is, I remember Billy Gunn. Uh, quoting he wasn't i'm not to quote him but he said on a shoot interview in 2021 the best wrestling is when you can you can't tell if it's real life beef or they're just telling a story oh yes and this and this is this is something uh that is that is blurring the lines of reality do they have a real life beef with each other because they alluded to their history on the indies where Kingston said, you know, Punk, along with Samoa Joe, Homicide, and Amazing Red used to be his heroes, but now that Punk's here, he Eddie Kingston says no one in the AEW locker room wants CM Punk to be there. Okay. That, I think that's more of like the disillusion kind of feel going there maybe, but... But here's the thing, though. Eddie Kingston was getting a lot of cheers. Yeah. Eddie Kingston was getting a lot of cheers. And I got a couple messages on Twitter that were like, yeah, you know, we want Eddie Kingston to come out on top against CM Punk. We're not really feeling CM Punk. And I'm like, what? This is crazy. I have not seen a single thing like that. I I, I got one that like, and I was like, I don't really know CM Punk like that. So I can't really say, cause they were like, yeah, he's being like, he was always being two faced and everything like that. I'm like, I don't really know the man like that. So I can't really yeah. comment on it. But for me, uh, these are two of my favorite wrestlers all time, you know, just going at it on the microphone and they make the match for full gear. Oh God. Eddie Kingston, CM Punk full gear is happening, which, oh. which is, you know, if we can't get CM Punk versus Brian Danielson in the eliminator tournament, right? this is the, the second best option. Yeah. I think um, this is going to be a good one. These two, Oh God, these two are going to, in the nicest way possible, kick the shit out of each other. Basically, which they which they basically did because oh, that head Eddie, butt. yeah, the headbutt. Eddie oh. Kingston said that he's gonna beat CM Punk and make him 
retire and go away for another seven years. And this mm-hmm. obviously pissed CM Punk off mm-hmm. to straight headbutt him in the face. And then they just started going after each other. Yeah, they had a big pull apart brawl that was just nuts. All the officials came out, the the locker room cleared out, and you couldn't you couldn't separate these two. And that is how you get people excited for a match. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. This is how you get people excited. Um, as soon as Punk hit the headbutt, the energy of the whole thing picked up. The crowd was going ape shit. And this is probably my my match that I want to see the most. I don't care what happens in full gear other than seeing Punk and Eddie Kingston, yeah. to be honest with you. I'm sure the rest of the show is going to be great. But uh, this, this is what I want to see the most. Um, but also, we had uh, in the first round of the TBS Champion Tournament, the Bunny take on Red Velvet. Red Velvet ended up getting the win, which I was surprised with. Um, Yeah, I was a little bit too until I realized she'd be facing Jay Cargill. So those two have histories. So I guess that's not surprising. Ah, but it's storytelling. Yeah. Storytelling, which is different from... You know, just pushing everybody together for Survivor Series. Yeah, it's funny funny how that happens. Um, this wasn't a bad match. It was okay. There were a couple clunky spots, I think. But mm-hmm. overall, it's not bad. Um, you have to say, Bunny is, like I said, I think I, I said it a while ago. I think she she sells really well. And I think people do not give her enough credit for it. That's true. She does sell really well. And like I've always said, she's always been the type that she's lays her shots in really, really good, which is what I want to see in women's wrestling. I want to see some stiff action. I want to see them go out there and really lay their shots in. If they lay them in too, too heavy, you do what the wrestlers say to do and apologize for it later. Yeah. You know, you know, know, yeah. So Velvet, Velvet winning again. I'm, I'm fine with it. It is what it is. You, you know, she's not beating Jade. Because I think it's safe to say that, I don't know, a lot of people are expecting Jade to win this title. Really? Yeah. I I keep seeing all over Twitter people saying it's her belt to lose at this point. And I'm thinking, I think I think Thunder Rose and Ruby Soho might have something to say about that. And I think the, Statlander, but... Yeah, those would be my choices. I mean, I will give Jade Cargill a lot of credit. She has improved oh, since yeah. her since her first match and that match with Shaq. She has put it together. She's yeah. not bad on the microphone either. She carries herself with a lot of confidence. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Which it's almost which, like it almost can I'm not gonna say cover up, but it could also like disguise the inexperience a little bit where you're like, Okay, yeah, she might not be the best in the ring, but damn does she have that confidence that that's she can do whatever she wants. So very good point. But I I still think she still needs a little more time because I remember specifically that triple threat match she had with Thunder Rosa and Nyla Rose, Mm -hmm. where you and I basically ripped her for the fact she couldn't swing a chair to save her life. (laughs) Like, come on. So I, I personally, you know, I would rather have somebody like Ruby have the title. Oh, for sure. For sure. Because it's Ruby. But yeah. I'd also like Chris Statlander and I'm going to be sad either way and also happy at some point, but I'm, ugh. that's, that's, and I was going to say this when we came on the air, that's my, just like how you were torn between Statlander, Ruby Soho and Britt Baker, Ruby Soho, CM Punk, Eddie Kingston is definitely that realm for yes. me. I'm yeah. so kind you're gonna, of, you're going to be in a crisis as well. Yeah. I don't, I don't know who to root for because. I mean, I 
CM Punk is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Eddie Kingston. See, the thing with Eddie Kingston, which I can say w- more so than any other wrestler on the planet, I mm-hmm. identify with. Yeah. As a New Yorker, as someone who had to grow up, you know, in a tough predicament, who has to deal with mental illness. Yeah. Eddie Kingston is not shy to talk about his his battles with depression and things like that. I identify with Eddie Kingston a lot more. And I feel like that's why if there was if if there was a sort of turning of the guard where people were rooting for Eddie more than CM Punk, I feel like that's what it is. I feel like people yeah. identify Eddie Kingston is a guy. I mean, he came out rampage wearing a hoodie and some Tims. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's like he's like he's he's a normal dude like who just wrestles. There's no flash to his wrestling. No. It's very brawler style, very cut and dry, but he gets the job done. I think that's but, why people love him so much. Yeah, so I think if there's a conflict between people who to root for, whether it be CM Punk or Eddie Kingston, there's a lot of CM Punk in Eddie Kingston, yeah. but there's a lot of personal people like you can identify with in Eddie Kingston. Oh yeah. I f- sort of, it, it, it's like, it's like a stone cold ass sort of thing. Oh yeah. So, it's, uh, it's going to, it's going to be good. I, I honestly cannot wait to see it. It's going to be tough. It's going to be brutal. I'm not going to put it in car crash territory, but it might no. just, it might come close to it because those They're two don't fight. hold anything back. They're going to definitely fight for oh, yeah. sure. They're going to fight. But the main event of Rampage was John Silver of the Dark Order taking on the Super Clicks, Adam Cole. Uh, and this was a surprisingly very, very good match. Uh, for me, it was cool to see John Silver uh, work in the ring and not be the comedy act that he usually is. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. he's he's a very talented wrestler. I remember seeing him on the indies up close and personal uh, with Alex Reynolds, and they always had the best matches of the night as a tag team. So to see John Silver get this opportunity to show off what he can do um, is a great thing. Adam Cole did a great job of selling the concerto to the back of the head that he suffered on Dynamite this past week from Christian, which I was not expecting. I was not expecting a concerto. I figured they were going to break it up before it happened, and then bam! He got cracked in the head. So uh, this was a very good match. Mike also had another question in his voice message. He wanted to know our thoughts on uh, the elite and the super click and he's not really a fan of it because of their joke joke style wrestling um and he wanted to know what do we see why do we enjoy it so much and what is he um, missing i i think it kind of goes back to like what you were saying too with uh john silver where yeah they can be funny and goofy but when they need to be they can turn the serious on and mm-hmm. they can they can go and I think that's I think that's kind of what we said last week because I think uh, it might have been Jack that asked us about if we enjoy the elite being like the the goofy stuff, right? Oh yeah, because they can be serious when they want to. They don't, and that's the thing too. We always say you want that mix of you don't want it to be all serious all the time, and you also don't want it to be just so ridiculous you can't take it seriously. Right, right. That's a good point. So that's what I think I like where they can be stupid and funny. And it's entertaining, but they could also be serious and be just as entertaining, if not more. So I think it's just the uh, versatility, I guess, would be the the word. That's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. I couldn't really, I couldn't put it, like, I couldn't figure out a reason other than, I don't know. Like, sometimes I don't want my wrestling to be all serious, yeah. you know? 
sometimes I, I want a little bit of the funny stuff. I want to see the range, almost like an yeah. actor or an yeah. actress. You want to see if they can do the serious dramas, but you also want to see if they can do the comedy you stuff. You want to see Budge. Budge. Oh God. I don't even know what Budge is, but it's I just funny. Either. Yeah, it's just funny when he gets all excited that his eyes light up like a Christmas tree. I like, thought it was, I love that part in the match too, where he did the like, instead of the Adam Cole baby thing, he did Budge, and then Adam just like kicked his head right off his shoulders. I thought that was, it just made me laugh. Yeah, see, so that it's like sometimes wrestling doesn't have to be serious. You know, obviously it's a conflict when you have two people fighting, yeah. but. You know they can weave in some funny stuff, and I can I can see that maybe the elite and the super click is not everybody's cup of tea, yeah. and that's okay. You know, but there are some people that enjoy that stuff, and you know they got to kind of cater to those people as well. You can't always cater to one sort of style of wrestling fan. You have to be able to be versatile and be yeah. there for everyone. Yes, exactly. All right, so that concludes our coverage of Rampage, which means we got through the entire wrestling week completely different from what we usually do, but I kind of like the way we did this. That was good. We we were talking about, oh, is this going to be two hours? I said, oh, don't worry. It's going to be two hours, and yeah, oh. it's over two hours right now. Yeah, and we're not done because no. it's, uh, it's the best part of the show where we get to answer some of your questions and talk about some of the other stuff that we didn't get to talk about in the show. So we got a couple questions. You got them pulled up. So let's yes. get right into it. Yes, let's do the questions. We're going to start over on a team TWM over here because I had asked them. I Honestly, the way I worded it, I said, because obviously all of us were really pissed about the releases and whatever. Mm. And I said, well, I don't know if I'm going to open Pandora's box by saying this, but do you guys have any questions for the show? And uh jeff my one friend jeff he said well i'm anything i'm gonna ask you guys you're probably gonna answer anyway he just wanted us to let them have it and i think we did i think we were i think i think we were stern. we weren't we were stern but not ang- it wasn't anger filled you there know was what I'm still saying? swearing i promise swearing we got swearing we did we did swear but we didn't get angry you know no. what i'm saying like we we frustrated yeah and we we put it together in that we can articulate our dissatisfaction yes exactly so i'd say we let him have it in our own way um so edward ended up asking so edward thank you for the question have you noticed how all of these wrestlers upon leaving or being fired by wwe coincidentally have attitude issues do you think it's wwe trying to sabotage their chances of getting hired or booked elsewhere yes yes I do because I don't know if you saw this, but apparently now all of a sudden it's coming out that Keith Lee had attitude problems and he was hard to work with. I said, well, this is very coincidental, isn't it? They always, these things always tend to come out when he's already fired. Yeah. And he doesn't seem like the type of person that he doesn't see. He's just like, I mean, look, I, I literally ran down the gauntlet of what they made Keith Lee do. They brought in Keith Lee. They said, okay, get rid of your single, get rid of your entrance music. Put on these shorts. We're going to change your name to Bearcat Lee. We don't want you to do flips anymore. We want you to do all power moves. Oh, you don't know how to do the power moves? Go back to yeah. uh, go back to NXT or go back to the PC and hone that till you get it right. And honestly, so- if he was some, I mean, to some degree upset about that, I don't blame him because it was crap. It was all yeah. crap. I mean, did you also see that uh, tweet that Karrion Cross had about the helmet? 
Yeah, he said he. I fucking love that. I'm sorry. It was for the viewers who, or listeners who didn't see it. Someone said, "Hey, Cross, can I have the helmet?" And he literally said, "No one wants that piece of shit." No. Which I'm like, it makes so much sense because if they were going for Gladiator, kind of like what I said earlier, they could have done such a better job. Yeah. Than that. Like, come on. Like you, it's almost like they didn't even know what a Gladiator helmet looked like, and they just went, "Okay, yeah, I'm sure this is what it looks like here. Take it." I mean, they didn't even have to put him in a costume. If you want no. to give him some sort of gladiator, he already had thing. the gla- He almost he already had the gladiator as stuff at the end of his time in NXT. He had the like right. the belt looking thing and whatever. So it's like you had it there. You just yeah. have to always screw it up. But yeah, but yes, I think <laughs> I think they do that because they did that with Bray Wyatt too. If I remember correctly, all of a sudden he was hard to work with. And it's, right. like, it's always convenient that it comes out after they get fired, not when right, they're there. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's petty. I think it's it never works because obviously everybody wants Bray Wyatt right now. And I'm sure everyone's going to want Keith Lee. So it doesn't really work because they don't I don't think they care to realize that these people know people in the other promotions who actually know how they are. So I don't think they're going to actually believe it. Right. And not only that, it, um, when, when Keith was released, all these stories about how Keith Lee was a good guy yeah. out, outside of, you know, the wrestling ring, he was a stand up dude. All these stories came out. So, you know, that's kind of, I don't know. I've, I feel like that story was planted. You know? Oh yeah, it always is. And the worst part is it's working right now because it's like making the rounds. When I was like looking up the stuff again for tonight, it was all oh well, he's hard to work with. It's like I, you people, <laughs> just I can't. We're not gonna we're not gonna go full into that. But yeah, um, Edward, to answer your question after that long roundabout answer, yes, I think that we think they do it on purpose, and we don't think it works. Yeah, it, it's definitely. stupid. It's stupid. It's them being petty, whether they want to admit it or not, but whatever. Um, <laughs> this one was a very good question. This is from Jade. So, Jade, thank you. Mental health and wrestling. How do mm. we think stars can maintain a clear mindset and maintain stress during a mega busy schedule? Um, basically, like what I said earlier, which would be smart of AEW to do. Hire a traveling sports psychiatrist. They are yep. such things. Yep. There are such things as a sports psychiatrist. They oh, talk yes. it they talk it all they talk about it all the time in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um hockey too. Yeah, so hire a traveling uh sports psychiatrist. If anybody's having some issues, they don't have to go uh searching for the best way to get help. They have someone right there that can help them out. Cause take it from me. Someone who uh, has to deal with online therapy, even if you have online therapy as a resource, it always, it doesn't always work yeah. as, as well as you think it would. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not the easiest thing to maintain. So to have that onboard psychiatrist there to help you out with any issues or anything like that, that would be such a big help because, you know, you look at what John Moxley is going through mm-hmm. and, to, to admit that you have a problem and have to go to rehab and things like that, it, it, it takes a lot to get to that point. Yeah. It's not you know? as easy as some people make it out to be. It's no, really, definitely. Because you really have to, it's, how do I describe it? And Jeff actually did kind of add on to Jade's question where we're kind of answering already. What can major companies do to help their stars maintain their mental health? I think we're already kind of uh, focusing on that. 
you it takes a lot for someone to actually ask for help because it's a pride thing Mm -hmm. no i don't really need anybody's help i can do it on my own i don't want to or on the other side of it i don't want to bother anybody with my problems that's a big thing for me it's like i don't want to bother anybody with my problems i'd rather just deal with it myself when in reality it doesn't always work that way you kind of need help so it took a lot for him to for john to say that he needs help and it's probably what it had a punk word it's one of the hardest things you can do but it's probably the best things you could do for yourself is ask Mm -hmm. for help so good not only not only that but he has a three month old daughter yeah that he's leaving with his wife yeah who is going to have and because because his rehab thing is an impatient thing yeah so so he's gonna have to go away for i don't know 30 days or however long it is but either way he has to go away leaving his three-month-old baby with his wife who's probably already stretched thin as it is yeah you know who oh who they're moving from vegas to ohio Oh Jesus! Yeah, they're they're. She put Whoa. that on Instagram. Moving they're moving. Fun. Yeah, they're moving from Vegas to Ohio, uprooting their whole life. So this isn't an easy situation for anyone involved. No, not at all. And AEW is showing how you're supposed to keep your talent healthy and help them. Right. Because, like we said way back, it feels like hour, literally hours ago, when we were talking about it. They could have easily been like, okay, John, well, you're kind of in a really big spot right now. You're about to go to the finals of the tournament because we knew he was going to beat Orange, as mm-hmm. painful as it would have been to watch. Okay, well, you might, you you got this match of full gear. You got all this going right now. You kind of could just wait a little bit. No, they dropped everything and just said, go get yourself help. Yeah, yeah. And that's good on them for doing that, yeah. putting the talent first before the company. Um, You know, it's just... When you hear about that stuff like that and you hear about what happened with Nia Jax, man, it's, oh. and you go through things like what we go through with mental health, yeah. you can you can sympathize with them and mm-hmm. you understand what they're going through. And trust me, I mean, I can tell you right now, yesterday was a really, really bad mental health day for me. Mm-hmm. Really, really bad. Um, so you, you, you sympathize with that struggle and... You know, you just hope that they get the help that they need. And again, if these companies are smart, they would hire an onboard uh, sports psychiatrist because sports psychiatry is different from regular psychiatry because it it deals with the fact that these people have to be on the go all the time, you know? Yeah. So, you know, and it's from a cost effective point of situation, it helps your talent. Exactly. And if you have good talent, you're going to have good product, which means you're going to make money. Yeah. And this just goes out for anybody. Just take care of your mental. Take care of your mental. Just, you know, your mental health is the most important. And don't be afraid to reach out. I know it's not easy trying to, you know, because it's not easy from a financial standpoint to get Mm -hmm. mental health. Uh, But if you can do so, just reach out to your friends, your family. Do what you can to get those those things in check because yeah you know it's more important to be here than to not yes exactly um so i think that's all the twm questions we had so thank awesome. you over to our friends at twm for her asking this question so now we go over to twitter so let me go through here oh, i i love how mike said i'd almost say skip recaps on the shows and just scream about uh the releases for 90 minutes which we basically did yeah we basically we did, did. <laughs> so, so we, we followed mike's uh instructions uh all right so going off the uh ringside rundown tweet so jack our favorite question asker jack <laughs> asked is carrying cross officially the worst nxt call-up ever 
now. Um, That's well. tough. Well, you could almost say him and Keith are in a tie. Yeah, him and Keith are definitely in a tie. I'm trying to think of some other ones because there have um, been a few. Um, American uh, Alpha. Malachi. Malachi, Ricochet, Cedric mm-hmm. Alexander. Well, was Cedric? Cedric? No, I don't think he was in NXT. He was in NXT. No, no I think no, they no. signed him from a, a yeah. classic. Um, yeah. Um, the Ascension, if you go way back. Oh, that's going. Yeah, that's throwing it way back. Finn Balor had to go down <laughs> first yeah, and then come back. Um, I guess to now it's kind of tough because you don't want to say Oscar because she's had a decorated main roster career. It's just sometimes they don't know what to do with her and it's kind of sad. Yeah. Um, I definitely I think Karen Cross is probably up there. Yeah, I'd say Karen and Keith especially because they both were when they got called up the hottest one of the hottest acts in wrestling, and they still found a way to screw it up yeah with definitely. both of them it's just, it's ridiculous um what are some of the worst gimmick changes we recall in our time watching wwe <laughs> well i mean carrie and keith are two of them for sure um, uh happy corbin oh god yeah keith keith too was right out of the gate you give him new music like rock yeah. music that's not him you change his attire we hated it mm-hmm. uh I mean, Carrion's also kind of right out of the gate too because you didn't have Scarlet. Um, yeah, Damien's. I don't. Damien Priest. I'm not entirely sure of yet. No, I think they're high up on Damien Priest. The, the music. I finally got to listen to it a few times. It's just generic. Yeah, that's the only thing is that it's a little. It's it's super. It's WWE 2K21. Yeah. Superstar number ten music. Honest to God. Um. Yeah. Happy Corbin wasn't good. Um. Oh, uh, Joe Gacy. Ugh. That trash they're doing right now in 2.0. I hate it. It's That's stupid. An, uh, it's 2.0, man. <laughs> trash. Um, trying to think of, trying to think if there's any like women's ones. Oh, um, when they tried to take Liv Morgan and turn her into Emelina 2.0. That was oh stupid. yeah, that was that was bad. That went nowhere. I hated that. Um, yeah, it's almost like that doesn't work. Who would have thought? <laughs> Didn't work the first three times, but let's keep trying. Um. I think other women um they really tried to make her that blonde pretty blonde yeah the pretty blonde every time um i mean i don't i wouldn't necessarily put nikki cross and nikki ash as like worst gimmick changes because you know what they were doing and it does i guess work because it's for the kids i suppose Right. Um, and uh, by all accounts, it's something that Nikki wanted to do. And yeah, she, you know, so if, if she's happy doing what she's doing. Yeah. I'm trying to think what yeah. else. Um, those are the ones that I can remember, at least. Those are pretty good ones, though. Yeah, because most of my favorites haven't, knock on wood, done anything <laughs> like that. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'll say those are those are definitely some if ones. <laughs> I mean, it's, oh god, Happy Corbin too, especially where you saw where he was in NXT or at least the beginning of his main roster career to now is just kind of uh, we'll just put if he's enjoying himself, that's all that matters. Let's just put yeah. it that way. Um, Oh boy. Alright. Your favorite question. Your favorite style of question. Alright. Who has the best hair in wrestling? It's Hook. He's head and shoulders above everybody else. You know what? I'm yeah. not even going to lie. He's right. Hey. I his is cool. Um, you gotta say Adam Cole because come on, that hair, the, the yeah. flowing hair, it just works. 
But I I look at Hook and I go, man, he's got a good head of hair. <laughs> Got a good head of hair on his shoulder. He, he, he definitely didn't get it from Taz. Oh, God, no. Absolutely he de- not. He definitely didn't get it from Taz because Oof. that's so, no lie. I honestly like. I, oh, I, I love it. I'm trying to think of some others. Who's got a good head of hair wrestling? I do not. Um, um, I'm trying to think. There, 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 there was some. There, who? Hmm. I don't know, man. I mean, There's... I these two, I'm just gonna say, just out of personal bias, because I think they just work it so well. Uh, Ruby Soho's orange hair uh-huh. is so cool on her. Like, she is literally one of those that you could put any color of like hair on her head, and she'd work it. Like, I mean, hell, she's had jet black. She's had, I think she's had red. She has orange. She's had green. Yeah, it's like she could work it. Um. 1996 Shawn Michaels had a great Ooh, head of hair. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one too. That's very, that's <laughs> he, had, very he had a great yeah. head of hair. That was that is very true. Um, <laughs> I think that I just say because again she works it so well. Dakota Kai's hair, which is very surprising for anybody who knows me to say, uh-huh. because anybody who knows me knows I hate pink. I hate pink. Hate it. You hate you hate least pink. favorite color. Whatever. It just works with her. Oh yes, I hate pink. I know it's such a tomboy thing to say. I just hate pink, but it works with her. Like the the dark, the dark. I don't even know what it was originally. Um, like last year's, not what she has now. Like the really bright pink. It was that like darker, pinkish, reddish color hair. Uh huh. She rocked that. She's rocking the pink now. So that it's like it worked. It's just yeah. Um, I'll still say Adam Cole though for the. I mean, obviously Hook. You can't forget Hook, but. <laughs> Adam Cole. I mean, come on. It's Adam Cole. Adam Cole, yeah. You can't yeah. imagine him without long hair. Roman Reigns has a good head of hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Roman has a good head How of hair. How can we forget Roman? My goodness. He has a good head of Drew. hair. Drew. Drew has anymore. good hair. Yeah. Mustafa Ali has a good head of mm-hmm. hair. Um, I'd say, I don't know. I'm sure my mom would want me to say Damien Priest. So Damien Priest. I want I, I want to know if your mom ever saw Damien Priest when he was in Ring of Honor as Punishment Martinez. I can guarantee you probably not. She probably would have got a kick out of that. Oh, because I'm sure. he's completely different than what he is now. He was he was what they didn't want Keith Lee to be. Uh, okay. He was doing he was doing Keith Lee stuff too. Okay, perfect. Flipping over the top rope, doing spin kicks off the top, stuff like that. So I'll be completely honest. She still would have loved him back then because did he still have long hair? Oh yeah. Was he still like I wouldn't say buff, but like muscular and tan. he's no different from yeah. what he is now. Okay, then yeah, she'd still like him. That's I don't know. <laughs> it, it, I don't know what it is. That's like her thing. That's why she likes Drew too. It's the big like the muscular long hair. Oh yeah, my mom yeah. had a thing. My mom uh, had a thing for British Bulldog. Oh, mom had a thing for. I think she told me Rick Rude and kevin nash like to this day she still loves kevin nash and scott hall really once again muscular guys with long hair i don't know what it which is so hilarious to me because my dad has never had long hair in his life (laughs) he had like maybe longer hair like back in the day but now it's just like short (laughs) not a buzz cut but just short hair so i just find it hilarious because it's like absolutely not what my dad has at all but i don't know it's i'm telling you my my mom used to tell me that uh, that Harry Smith was my stepbrother, oh my and that, and, that, and yeah. that British bulldog. And my mom didn't care for wrestling. I remember specifically uh, SummerSlam 1992. 
that was the first time I ever saw my mom sit and actually watch, watch a, a wrestling match. Nice. Very it nice. Was, it was, uh, oh, man. It's something. And honestly, uh, my mom would make the same jokes, too. It's like, <laughs> except it'd be like, oh, that's your stepdad. It's like, okay. It's like, okay, mom. Um, so, Jack, thank you for those questions, as always. We always appreciate your questions. And hooks. We always appreciate the hook. He, he's always, he always tells me, because I always go into his streams and vice versa. He, he's always so excited. Like, I can't wait to come up with the, the hook question of the week. And I said, well, we can't wait to answer the hook question of the week. It makes us laugh. That's Especially... A, that's a- that's a segment right there, hook question of the week. Exactly. And honestly, with the the, the crap that we've had to deal with in wrestling, we, we needed it this week. We needed the hook question. For sure. Which for I sure. honestly should have kept it to last, but I, I forgot that my mom answered asked her question on my tweet, retweet of the regular tweet. So much tweets. <laughs> oh, mom, thank you. Thank you for the questions. Unfortunately, a little um, depressing, but we could go off if we want to. Do we think there is any way the WWE can change the current perception of the company? She feels with the current releases and the standby budget cuts excuse, it's a horrible look, especially with a $255 million quarter. How much Mm. money is enough? (laughs) Well, never enough for Vince McMahon. No. Like I literally said at the beginning of the show, if we, they made three hundred ninety nine point nine million, he'll complain because it wasn't four hundred million. That's just how yeah. he is. It's just no amount of money is ever enough for him. Um, well, they could stop getting rid of good people. <laughs> I mean, that's a good start. And stop using budget cuts as an excuse. That's another good one. But it's almost just like it's almost like you don't even want to answer the question because it's not going to matter anyway. Because clearly. They're going to they, keep doing this. They are, if you want to talk about capitalism, <laughs> they are a perfect example of what capitalism is, is. Yeah. They control their market. They are a global market. Because my brother even said this too. He's like, man, if only AEW can reach out to like India or something like that. Yeah. That would put them in the stratosphere. Yeah, if they once they go international, that's when I think it's going to be the real competition. Because I think mm-hmm. if it's still based in the U.S., they don't have the reach that WWE has. Once they start going international, that's when I think WWE should start getting nervous. Right. And I feel like they could when they whenever they can. It's just a matter of when. It's almost a matter of when, not if, because I feel like they're going to try to. But how do you change public perception of something that's been going on since <laughs> since the nineties? Yeah, it's almost like you can't. It's they're too deep. They're too far in. It's way. It's almost like if you are upset at what WWE is doing, just go to AEW and watch because you're literally going to get the complete opposite, and you're not going to be disappointed. And that's the craziest thing is because I never wanted to be that type of wrestling fan that was like, oh, screw WWE, I'm AEW for life. I, I never wanted to be that, but it's like they're forcing my hand. Yeah, and I think it still goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where it's, I think it's very easy to say it's a lot more enjoyable to watch AEW now than it is WWE. Oh, for sure. But we still find things, whether it's minuscule to some people or not, we still have things about WWE we enjoy. It's just, it's little less than what we find enjoyable about AEW, but it's not like... It's and we're, like, we're we're objective too. If we yeah. if we don't like something in AEW, we say we we didn't really care for. I it. I was gonna say anything. go back go back a few episodes ago. 
with Malachi yeah. and Cody Rhodes, we ripped that to shreds because we didn't think it should have happened. Right, but... and we even in this episode, we we there there was coupled spots where we we're like, ah, that could have been better. Or yeah, we don't really like that direction. So it's not like we're completely like, oh, screw WWE. This is AEW Park. No, yeah, no, we're not doing that. We're not going to be those people. We've said it time and time again. We're wrestling fans. We're not as, WWE fans. We're not AEW fans. We're wrestling fans. As as hard as WWE makes it. It's a love-hate relationship. Definitely. That's a good way to put it. The easiest way to put it is it's a very sad relationship sometimes, but hey, you just they can't help but keep coming back. I don't know what it <laughs> is, but whatever. Okay, so uh, yeah. I think that's actually all the questions we have. All you know, right. We, we've survived somehow. What, what an episode. Oh, that was... Uh, I think that was our most, I wouldn't say emotional because we've gotten emotional on here before, like passionate, yeah. I guess we've definitely, we were definitely spirited this time. There were some yeah. swears. I promised Mike some swears on Twitter and I did. We delivered <laughs> uh, because we needed to, because we, again, I think the, this podcast is at its best when we just say how we feel regardless of how popular or unpopular the opinion is. And you just go with it because at least it's authentic. It's not. We're screaming just for the sake of screaming because we know people like screaming and it'll get hits. No, we scream because we feel like screaming about something because we're upset about it or happy or indifferent or whatever. You need the authentic, you need the authenticity for this to be good. And I think we, we know how to do it. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Um, Just to let you guys know, before we get out of here, where you can find this podcast, it's available all across the board on the internet. All you got to do is go to your favorite podcast platform, search Ringside Rundown and hit subscribe. It's available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple, uh, and through Anchor.fm. And through Anchor.fm, if you go to our Anchor profile, which is the main link that we use in like our tweets and everything like that, yep. you can also leave us a voice message just like our friend Mike did who wanted to know about you know things like the super click and live morgan if you want to get our opinion on something all you got to do is just leave us a voice message there let us know what you uh want us to talk about and we'll do so but you can also hit us up on twitter our, our twitter account at ringside rundown is the best place to get your questions in because every friday one of us will drop a questions tweet asking you to give us some questions for us to answer on the show so again go to twitter at ringside rundown and uh Make sure you follow us. Also, if you want to talk to me individually about wrestling, I kind of am more on my my personal wrestling account a little bit more uh, brash, I guess you could say. I kind of I kind of let it honest. Yeah, I kind of let it free flow a little bit. I kind of keep ringside rundown a little bit more professional. You let it fly. Exactly. But if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Wrestling Cron. That's Wrestling C-H-R-O-N. So where can they follow you if they want to get in touch with you? You can find me on Twitter at ShailenHickson21. Um, my Twitter is an eclectic mix. <laughs> I think it's safe to say because there's sports, there's wrestling, there's video games thrown in there. There's basically anything I'm interested in because I always have the mindset of it's my account. I can put whatever I want on there. So if you don't mind messes follow me there and we also have twitch accounts too yes yes you can follow me on twitch twitch.tv slash eric the ghost i'm kind of sporadic in my twitch streams but i'll be streaming uh throughout the week so make sure if you do follow me on twitch you have those notifications set and you also have a a, a charity stream coming up in a little bit i do it's actually literally almost six o'clock here right now so mm -hmm. around uh 9 30 tonight eastern standard time 
at Shay Hickson underscore Hickson 21. We're doing a extra life stream to help the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. And How awesome is that? Yeah, and we have a whole group that is doing it. So throughout the day, I've had my friends uh, streams up because we're all just kind of pulling our money together. And all the money from my stream is going to go to the local children's hospital, which is the UPMC Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh, who uh, has helped me in many ways when I was younger. So I am more than happy to give back to them. I'm gathering my squad of friends to play Dead by Daylight, so... I would appreciate nice. if anybody listening to this right when it comes out, comes out at 930 Eastern Standard Time, come uh, hang out. You don't have to donate. I just appreciate you guys coming in, hanging out, talking about wrestling, sports, basically anything. If you like something, there is a chance that I probably do, too, especially if go. it's like Star Wars or something. So, yeah, come hang out, uh, raise some money for a good cause and uh, enjoy the murder party that is Dead by Daylight. I'll definitely be there watching and uh, interacting, and you should too. Because I'm sorry it's for what you're gonna. <laughs> you should definitely. I'm sorry for what you're going to probably witness, but it's all good. It's for a good cause, so that's why you guys should definitely check it out as well. What's the Twitch account again? One more time. Uh, Shay underscore Hexen twenty one. There you go. And uh, I'll be tweeting it out once the time comes. Just remind me to tweet it out so that way I can get it out and get it to the people so that way they know to go check you out. Yes, for sure. Wow. This has definitely been our longest episode ever. So (laughs) almost, almost three hours. So I'm going to get the heck out of here. For Shay Hickson, my name is Eric Vasquez. Thank you for listening to the Ringside Rundown. We will be back next week with hopefully a way more positive episode a call a calmer episode maybe maybe i don't think we i don't think we know how to be calm though so who knows not with wrestling no (laughs) (laughs) well thank you guys again for listening and we shall see you next time adios have a good one guys